Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? My sports. We'll talk everything Michigan sports like only we do, and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode, so pop a cold one on your end, and we'll get busy on ours. This is the state of my sports. Get my headphones plugged back in. I kicked them. Uh, and this is episode 169. We are recording live here at the house on August 16th, 2022. Uh, during our beer flight segment, we will discuss Tom Izzo's new contract, some golf, and Ala Vila getting canned. Ooh, that feels so good. Uh, the score, uh, the core of the episode will consist of what we uh, have been learning about the Detroit Lions during Hard Knocks and preseason game number one along with their uh, reasonable path to the playoffs and uh, interesting freak list, uh, referencing some of the freakishly talented players in college football. And some other college football talk as well. We will discuss some football odds uh, that are out there in our betting hero segment. Um, And as we always do, we will rate and review a Michigan craft beer. If you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, let us know uh, what you're sipping on tonight and be part of the conversation. Let, let, Let us know your thoughts on all of our topics and We'll read the comments and have a good time doing that, so uh, please do that. Before we jump in, I did want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors that help keep this thing rolling and free for our listeners. The Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery of State of My Sports. Mac Web Design helps us get our website up and running, and bettinghero.com helps us and you get the best promotions available in the sports betting world. So please check out our, all of our sponsors and let them know that uh, you heard about us or heard about them on our podcast. That, that helps us for sure. So um, also share us with all your friends. That really would, would mean a lot if you shared our, our videos, our, our podcasts, and just whatever you can do to all of our social media stuff, right? That's kind yeah. of important these days. Just hit the share button. It's yeah. not hard. It, and, and rate us, I think people are supposed to do. I, this is all new to me. I mean, only 169 episodes in. I know, like, I'm listening to, um, I forget what it, I think it's a Kenny Main uh, commercial all the time. He's like advertising his podcast. He goes, like, rate, and review. I think that's what I'm supposed to say or something like that. It's like, yeah, it's something that I've never really done. So, um, but anyways, um, I'm Sam Waldhart. With me today, I got Micah Smith Yo. and John Dornboss with a beautiful new mic. I'm going to hear your voice in that thing, man. Does it, did it, you notice a difference or no? It's crispy. It is crispy. Oh, man. I had to now turn I, Turn the volume s- down a little bit. It's a little hot. I gotta spend some money now. I gotta. Get, I, I can't sound worse on this podcast. Well, I already did, right, with my <laughs> voice. But, um, anyways, I, I might have to spend some money here to to keep up with the Joneses here or the Johnses here, right? Wow. <laughs> did you guys have a good week though? Ba-dum-ts. Yeah. Did you yeah. guys do anything fun? John, you did a tournament last week. What did you do this weekend? I'm sure you golfed. I think people are getting sick of your golf stories. No, I'm just kidding. I played no golf this weekend. <laughs> really? Yep. I'm, wow. uh, I took the weekend off, kind of mentally preparing myself. Uh, Wednesday night league this week, we fire up playoffs. So oh, yeah. All right. Got to take advantage. Um, I don't know. I got the lowest handicap in the league, so I'm so up you against got, You got yeah, some work to I got a tall yeah. task. I think I'm a tall guy. Yeah, exactly. Mike, how was your week, man? Did you do anything? No. No, just laid low. Pretty typical. Yep. Yeah, yeah, not a whole lot. We brought the. I, I took a day off yesterday uh, from work and, and brought the kids to Michigan's Adventure. Yeah, how'd that go? It was good. It was good. Um, 
All right. I'm, I'm gonna just gonna I'm gonna vent a little bit here. I, I mean, we had a vent. good time. Um, we had a good time. It wasn't like a, a bad experience by any means. But like, we get there like when it first opens, and you know we want to all right get the rides done, then we'll go to the water park. Is kind of the goal. Yeah. Um. So we get in line for Mad Mouse, and it takes a while for that to to get. Is it Mad Mouse? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Sounds right. Um. Takes a while for for us to get in to the line or whatever. Um, but then we're just like, all right, well, it's worth waiting. Like, get the kids on a, a nice big ride. I see where And then we're getting going. a little bit closer. Shut down. Like, that's exactly what, what happened to us. Yeah. So we're like, all right, do we wait this out? All right, <laughs> we'll wait it out just a little bit. Next thing you know, all right, we're back up and running. People laugh. We're like, oh, we're getting real close to the front. Shuts down again. I'm like, oh my gosh. All right, screw this. We're going. So now we start heading to, um, uh, just the other side of the park where like Zach Zoomers is and like lo- those littler rides and stuff. Yeah. Um, and as I'm like doing this, I'm like keeping an eye. I'm like, all right, so the wild or the not the wildcat, the the yeah wildcat, the the one of the wood Wolverine wildcat. Yep, the w- wildcat not running. Uh, Shivering really? Timbers not running. No and way. And then the the Thunderhawk not running. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like I haven't even seen one car go. Not even test riding them. I'm like. You kidding me? So next thing you know, Zach Zoomers is the next biggest ride, pretty much, outside of right. with Wildcat and the other three canceled. So then it's like, oh boy. all right, so the line's a little long, but all right, we're gonna get these rides in. Like that's that's the goal of this. We do a couple of small ones, but then we get in line for Zach Zoomers. We're literally the next people in line. So they like load this car, and then one of the latch bars isn't closing. So they kick these people off, and they're like, all right, we're shut down. Like, no are way! You freaking kidding me! And like, I get it. Like, you gotta take care of this stuff. Like, you can't send it when it's <laughs> like not safe. Hit the but, hit the green button. Send but, it. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, it's like the hospitality side of it was just awful. And that's really what was bothering me the most. Is like nobody was kind about it. They weren't like sorry or no. like nothing. They're like, oh, we're closed. Good on their phone. And like, just start doing who knows what, playing Candy Crush, probably. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, they don't give a <coughs> crap. And that was like the first. So we're just like, all right, we're next in line. We're like, all right, so what do we do? So we just we sat, and it was just one. And <laughs> everybody that's sitting in line is like, just send them. Like, just take them off of that one and send that car. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. People are like getting pretty hostile. You know, people weren't happy. Well, these are not cheap tickets. No. You start seeing the value <laughs> of your tickets decrease, yeah. and you're like. I better get on yeah. some rides today. Like I put, I put uh, the the kids on like the little boat thing that just kind of goes in a circle, because that, that was literally the only thing that we could, we could do for a bit. Right next to it. Yeah. That was, wasn't shut down. No, that wasn't. Oh, that was shut good. down. That That's was good. good. That was good. Um. So we, I don't know, but we ended up just sitting and waiting. It took like probably fifteen extra minutes. We're in the next, and then we just it feels like an hour. On. It feels so long, especially when you got the the three <laughs> kids. Yeah. Would be a, um. And it, I mean, it was so. Then that was a pain in the butt, and then. We're, so I'm still watching, like, just paying attention. Everything else, nothing is running. So, like, I'm like, all right, so that's just going to back up everything else that we want to go on. So we we're, we still hit some some of the rides and stuff. And then um, they have the new Snoopy Land, which was fine. But then they, they have a little roller coaster there. Shut down. Shut, that was shut down when we were there. It's like, what, in the, yep. what is going on? So yep. then we go eat lunch. Then we go to the water park. And, like, I'm, I'm just going to complain here. I'm going to. I'm sorry. Let we it had, all out, we baby. did have fun, but I just got really frustrated. So then um, we go to the wave pool. With uh, Like, I go in the wave pool with the kids. Me, Easton, yeah. Jordan, and Peyton. We're all just playing in the wave pool, having a grand old time. N- no problem at all. Great. So we move on to the next thing. We go down a couple slides. Um, 
And then we go down one of these slides that like has a tube. So you carry the tube all the way up. So I talked to the guy. Yeah. I'm like, hey, Eason and Jordan, like they'll be good to go before we go up, right? He goes, oh, yeah, as long as they have a life jacket on, they'll go down no problem. Oh, cool. Perfect. All right, sweet. So we wait in line, go all the way to the top, wearing this stinking... I'm carrying four tubes for the kids and, and stuff, and then <laughs> they won't let Jordan go down. Come on. They're like, nope, he's too small. I'm like, they literally told me he could go. Otherwise, I wouldn't have brought him all the way freaking up here in line. And, oh, I was so mad. So then I have to go back down. So then I go back up with the kids, like the, next, the other two kids, because they went fine. But uh, then the, I, the last thing that really chapped my you-know-what yeah. was we go back to the, the swimming area and... Wave pool shut down. The wave pool, no, the wave pool didn't shut down. But me, Easton, and Peyton are going in, and they stop Easton and say, he needs to wear his life jacket. I'm like, the F he does, like he's been swimming for two years... I'm going to be sitting right next to him. He's like, he's too small. He's supposed to be 52 inches or something like that. I'm like, how come it wasn't the case earlier? Like, this is the thing that just drives me nuts. It's like the inconsistency beside it, and then they're just a-holes about it, too. It's like I get that they're doing their job. If the rule is 52 inches, that's fine. But then don't let me in there with my four-year-old, who's not even 34 inches, probably. Like, I don't know. Like, he's teeny. To go in the pool, wave pool, right. life, look, lifeguards watching me, talking, and like, no problem the first time, and all of a sudden right. it's a big deal. And it's just so frustrating. We, <clears throat> when we went, we had the kids go down, like, there was like a blue, yellow, and orange, and there, it's no tube, you just kind of, oh, yeah, th- those are shut down. Those are shut down. <laughs> Serious? <laughs> yeah, those are shut down. No way. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so. So I think you're supposed to be 48, and Sloane's not 48, but she went on it. And she goes, we get down, and she goes, I want to go again. I'm like, well, absolutely, let's yeah, go. Yeah. You know, she's, I don't know, two or three inches short of 48. It's not a big deal. And we get back up there. Carrie's like, all right, you know, pick whatever one you want. And the guy goes, oh, come over here. we got to measure you. Same guy. And I'm like, oh, same guy. Oh, same guy. I mean, it, we, we got down off the side, went right back up. Yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, she can't ride. Oh, and your sister, whoo, she got hot. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, she, right in his grill. She just went, yeah, oh, boy, yeah, she she must have just snuck by me, but, yeah, she can't go. Carrie's like, she just went. <laughs> and what, if, what if I tell your boss that you missed him, missed her the first time? So, <laughs> so where's, where's the accountability on their end? <laughs> yeah. So when she's having an argument with him, this little kid, S- smaller than Sloan, bypasses him, <laughs> oh, goes down gosh. the slide. He looks, he goes, wait, wait, wait. And Carrie goes, she's taller than him. And he goes, looks the other way. He goes, all right, you can go. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie's like, how did that make any sense? Gosh, that's so frustrating. I, I, look, we had a blast. The kids had fun. Good. But like just those little things that just are picking at me as the uh, as an adult. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's frustrating. It's, it is frustrating. And that was the first time that I really felt that there. And I'm sure they're having a hard time finding workers and stuff like that with everything and probably, you know, not, not paid very well and stuff like that. So I, I don't want to, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt for these, these people. But at the same time, like you're supposed to be you, a hospital for, I'm, for, what would we pay? Like 200 and uh, yeah. 230 bucks. Yeah. Good. 200. On, on tickets. Yep. So it's like, all right, I want to, I want to go in and feel Cared for, care, yep, taken care, care of, of a little yep. bit, and and I get that it's an amusement park and it is what it is, but like just, 
I don't know. That that really bothered me a little bit. So they might get an email from me, but it's just about the hospitality side of it. <laughs> Because it was not very hospitable. But I paid good money. I live around here. I I used to <laughs> right. love you guys, and yeah. you just did me dirty. Yeah. I think I, I, I made that comment, and Peyton heard me. She goes, what are you going to email him about? You're going to email him? Did you email him yet? I'm like, don't worry about it, Peyton. She goes, are you going to add that to your email? <laughs> like, just like, I'm like, oh, crap. I shouldn't have said that out loud. But, um, anyways, it was, it, was, it was a really good time. The kids had a blast, and... I just love I love seeing their face with those type of those those things. So I don't know. It, it was a good time, but let's re- let's jump right into our, our, our beer introductions for today. Um, we are drinking from Tapestry Brewing. No, not Tapestry. No, beer. that's all my right. fault. Yeah, start over. Yeah, sorry yeah. about that, guys. <laughs> no, so, all right, we are drinking from Perrin Brewing Company, Dream Seeker. Can you tell us a little about that one, Micah? Dream Seeker. It's a raspberry blonde. It's a fruit beer full of intense raspberry aroma and flavor with a dry, crisp finish balanced by sweet, refreshing tartness. Yeah? Yep. So it's fruity, huh? It's betty betty fruity. Liquid craftsmanship. I like that they put that on there. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You know what? That is actually pretty good. Uh, It's a 4.8% beer. So everybody knows Perrin Brewing Company is here in... uh, Comstock Park, Michigan. Correct. Um, not Comstock, Michigan, where uh, uh, Bells. Uh, Bells is. That gets confusing. Um, but yeah, Comstock Park, uh, right over by. Um, it's like Alpine and Seven, seven mile, mile, I think. Yeah. Yep. So if you're familiar with the area, check them out. Uh, very good beer. I mean, they they they're very consistent with what they do. I feel like they're they've taken the craft brewing and like they're they're I would compare them more to like the founders and Bells that they're just very. Um, Reputable, uh, reputable, reputable, reputable. I was, I was gonna say like repeatable. They're very repeatable, but that's not the right word. What's the right word on that? They're, they're consistent. Consistent is probably yeah. They're consistent with their beers. Yeah. They're, they've become more mass producing, I guess. Oh yeah. Um, they've been that way for quite a few years. Yeah, and they they've done a really good job with it. John, what do you what do you think about? It? You're not usually a fruity beer guy, are you? I'm not, but. It's. Uh, I think it's better than drinking something too uh, coffee-y oh, or yeah. chocolatey or stouty, in my opinion. Lots of E's. Lots of E's, yeah. Well, fruity is a Y, so. It's going to be a long winter for you drinking those, huh? Yeah, well, we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah. this winter. But <laughs> I, Every time we head into the winter, I'm like, well, it's stout time, and then we just never do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Uh, John's behind the scenes with Miller IPAs. Light. <laughs> Miller Light, or yeah, definitely an IPA. Any maybe New a, England IPAs. <laughs> maybe maybe a, yeah, maybe a, maybe a double. You know, you're right. No, that's that's good. Um, but uh, before we jump into our De Hops beer flight segment, I want to remind everyone that the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is open and pouring some of the best craft beer in West Michigan. Uh, Chef Dan's revamped food menu and head brewer Ben's rotating taps, wine, and ciders make the hops perfect for whatever you have going on. From dinner with the family, late night drinks with friends, and everything in between, the Ben and Dan duo is putting a ton of their time and energy at making the hops a staple in the West Michigan restaurant community. Community that we highly recommend to our friends and listeners. They have Taco Tuesdays, Stein Night Wednesday, Thursday, any burger and beer for 15 bucks, along with some other unbelievable specials on Fridays and Saturdays. We highly recommend following them on Instagram, Facebook, uh, where they share their weekly specials and some incredible food and beer pictures that will make your mouth water. The Hops is the, is the official brewery of State of My Sports in 2022. And if you mention State of My Sports, you get a discount off of your first brewski. 
So we got our flight topics for today. We got golf. We got Tom Izzo and some Alavila stuff going on. I think we should uh, let's start with you ready for some Tom Izzo? Do you have the, yeah, the details absolutely. of that that up so we can kind of jump right into that? Sure do. So big congrats to Tom Izzo and the uh, MSU faithful. So Tom Izzo, he's carry he's rolling into a five year rollover contract. It includes non performance related compensation of five point nine two million per year including a 2.43 million base that's up from an initial four hundred and thirty thousand dollar base on his 2018 contract that's huge he's got three point or uh, 3.09 million in supplemental compensation four hundred thousand from footwear and apparel from Nike and that's the that's the meat and potatoes of it so um Keep that keep that up because I might have have more questions real quick. Yeah. I did want to. Uh, Carrie's drinking from Arbum Brewing Company, Orange Crush. All right, so I've heard of Orange Push. I've never heard of Orange Crush. I'm curious what that one's. Is that a sour? Hmm. I'm curious if that's one of the sours that they came out with or something. But sounds good. I'm excited to hear about that one. What you thought about that one, Carrie? But all right, back to Tom Mizzle. Um So he got his his lifetime deal, right? Basically, is Basically. what they're they're kind of saying. Um, the this upcoming season is going to mark his 28th year as head coach of the Spartans. 28. That's insane. That he, is a lot he, of years. He has got to be one of, if not the longest tenured coach I would assume so currently, with, coach, right? with Coach K gone. Uh, I would, he's got to be, right? Yeah. I mean, look. I don't I, know how long Mark Few has been at Gonzaga. Not 28 years, though. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think, think it would be yeah. that long. But, all right. You don't want to see a legend like go, and you don't want to end on bad terms. I nope. get what they're doing. Nope. Pay the guy. He deserves it for what he's done for you, <clears throat> what he's done for you. But not – I don't want to – not really recently. Like, yeah, they went to the national championship a couple years ago. You guys correct me on that. Uh, several weeks ago, I was like, when was the last time they did that? And it was just not that long ago. But what, what else has he done for them? And I feel like those type of years are few and far between right now. And – He's kind of falling into that. Um, the unwillingness to, to to change. Yeah, and yep. I don't want to say he's falling into the Mark Antonio because he deserves way more credit than than that. He yep. hasn't fallen that deeply into it, but he doesn't like the transfer portal. He doesn't like seem to like the NIL. He doesn't seem to like where college basketball is going. And now you're going to reward him for being so outspoken about it now. Do I agree with him in a lot of these things and what what he believes in? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I hate it all too yep. for for what it's turned into. I like the idea behind it, but I don't like what it's become. But I mean, like he's been so outspoken about where it's going, and now you're gonna sign him up for for the the lifetime deal. It's like I, I would have kept that window open and be like, hey, all right, either you got to adjust and change with the times, or we're gonna have to move on and and kind of have that. Um, mutual split, if you will, or like go into retirement. I mean, basketball can change so quick, and he can still be a really good coach. He's a great basketball coach. I'm not going to say he's not, but I, I, I would question what they're falling into by doing something like that. Here I am, Michigan fan. I know blah blah blah, but I can have that type of opinion. I feel like because we saw it with D'Antonio, who was a great football coach, and turned into turned the program into what he did and left it in a dumpster. You know, mm-hmm. um, John, what are your thoughts on, on this type of thing? 
I think it's this type of deal. Yeah, purely just rewarding the guy. I mean, for keeping Michigan State relevant in sports. Um, you know, their football, like you said, their football program's been up and down. Made a you know college football playoff appearance. Uh, what they won a Rose Bowl, right? Yeah, they won Michigan a Rose State yeah. with yep. uh, not Kirk Cousins. Who was after that? Uh, I think Connor. Connor. Connor, Connor Cook. Connor Cook. I think it was Connor Cook. Yeah. yeah. All those names. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, yeah. I. I don't know. I'm I'm happy for the guy. I know he's made pretty good money his whole career. Let's yeah, face it. Yeah. Um, you bring a team to the Final Four, I think you get a little paycheck. So, um, but like you said, it's it's uh, it's going to be a quick turn of the tide when his day is done. Because if you're if you're signing up for five more years of like you said his unreluctancy to move on and and uh, adapt to the the game that's out there, um. What do you got in five years? You know, yeah. as a program, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I know he's got he's got a good recruiting class. Not this year, but the following year, it sounds like. Yep. So he's got some some high end guys. That's a nice step, but he's had those before, and it, those have been some of his worst years. You know, be interesting what direction they go following Tom. I mean, if this is his last contract, let's face it, it probably is. Um, I don't. <laughs> He's a little guy, man. He needs he needs to retire and relax. He's yeah. been he's been kind of high, <laughs> high right. strung for twenty some years. He said twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yeah. Uh, just about as long as I've been alive. So. I feel like he's going for that thirty that that thirtieth year, and that's kind of the milestone, maybe. Yeah. Um. He's yeah, also. We'll, he's, we'll see if he finishes out this contract. You he's know, all. Honestly. Yeah. He's also made the comment like, he's not going to have a farewell tour like like Coach K did, and he's just going to wake up one day and be like, all right, I'm done with this, and. It seemed like he was getting closer and closer to that, which is why I found this extension so bizarre and and I don't want to say premature because that's not really fair, but just it just seemed weird, weird timing. Um, I thought the timing was weird too. Yeah, it's just it just came out of nowhere. It was it was almost like 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 a petty like ah, it just you know here here's some money like just yeah. be happy like yeah. It, I don't understand the timing. Yeah, it seems really I, I weird. Know. I think it has a. It probably has a lot to do with what Mel Tucker got, and it's like, whoa, like, come on, guys, like, yeah, he had one good year, but come on. I got the is on. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. I got the I whole have, student section. I have a, a month named after me. Yep. January, February is all right. Isn't that how it used to work? Or yeah. Does it still work? Yeah, 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 for sure. So let's I, move on. I mean, it's it's interesting uh, to see that 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 it happened the way it did, but. I mean, look, if you want to make him happy, go ahead and make him happy. Uh, we do have a comment here from S- Steven. Or, I'm sorry, I can't read that. But he said, who are you all talking about? We're talking about Tom Izzo's new contract. Um, thanks for jumping in. What, what do you think about his contract? Well, now we're going to move on to um, some golf here. Will Z. Is he, Will. All right, is he becoming like one of your favorite golfers? Yeah, quietly. Yeah? I've, I think I've had uh, – yeah, I've had him on my radar for about two years now. He's been a runner-up in a couple majors. All right. Um, quiet guy, little guy. Um, Skinny old dude. Yeah, right. doesn't doesn't look like he could do much on the golf course with some of these big guys out there hitting the ball a long ways, but he holds his own. Uh, great short game. Uh, phenomenal putter. Um, yeah. Would came. you believe me if I told you I actually watched? This weekend? La- yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I, I was at my buddy Justin's house. They just had a baby. Congratulations, Justin and Erica. Um, but they, we went to their house to meet him, meet the baby, and uh, he had it on. And it was like it was actually really good. So I watched, like I think, the last like four holes yeah. and then the playoff. Yeah. So, I mean, you can – sorry, I interrupted you, but – Yeah, I mean, came out ahead, finally got that first win on his belt, 
Yeah. And uh, see, I, I was shocked that it was his first win. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, you would think that maybe you know competing and and uh, running up in these majors, he would have like just a small tour victory yeah. somewhere. Uh, no, he's just come up short. One thing I gotta say, you know, him and Tony Finau, they've both uh, won their first tournament recently yeah. uh, on tour, and both guys have come up short. Um, and it's kind of been that thing in the back of their mind, you know, runner up, runner up, um, for being runner up in some of these events that they were. Uh, both just class acts yeah. with the process of being second. You know, the first loser, if you look at it on the scoreboard, um, and now that they got that that experience past them, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, you know, he just jumped from 12th to first in the FedEx Cup points with Did that really? victory. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't a major, um, but it's a big tournament. FedEx, yeah. Yeah, because you're coming down to the FedEx Cup and – that's arguably bigger than any major on tour. And that you know? that playoff was bizarre. It looked yeah. like nobody wanted to win that thing. Yeah. So like Mike, I, you probably didn't watch it, but it was there was uh, <laughs> was it it was a par three. Yeah. Right. It was at the final the playoff hole. Yep. Dude. So Zal Torres goes first. They tied the first two holes. Okay. Zal Torres hits it, and it like hits the grass, and then it bounces on the rock. Like that surrounds before water. Yeah. The little and it, like, Yep. Is supposed to go this way, and it just. Decides not to. It, like, bounces, bounces towards the water and then bounces back and then, like, settles in this really, like, little cranny. So, like, holy smokes, this other guy's got this thing figured out. He does the exact same thing, but it actually goes into the water. So now he's dropping. He shoots oh. it into the sand. And Zaltoris is, like, sitting looking at his ball, like, wondering if he can hit it out of this thing or if he needs a drop or whatever. But then when the other guy hit it so bad, he goes, "All right, well, yeah, I got I got an extra stroke to work with," and right. he, he got pretty lucky for for how it all went down. Yeah, but and then, I mean, a knee knocker putt too that you know he had to make to yeah, win the hole. That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, interesting. it was pretty. It was pretty exciting. I was yeah. I was on my on the edge there watching there were that. A couple drops in that tournament that were kind of interesting too. On uh, not just uh, those two guys in the playoff yeah. hole, but so I didn't see it. But all right, so. Cameron Smith. Smith, yep. Number two in the world. Number two in the world announced that he's going to go to live after this year. Yep. <laughs> so he hasn't officially Uh-oh. defected, if you will. Is that the right word? I think that's <laughs> yeah. what they're using, but that yeah. seems so extreme. Right. Um, but he hasn't defected yet, so he has to play in the FedEx Cup. But then there was, like, a, a big controversy. I don't know what round it was or what, but yeah, he took explain a, to us what, what happened. He, yeah, he took a drop. Now, the rule didn't come into play until the following day. He was awarded a two-stroke penalty on top of his uh, drop stroke okay. penalty that he took on, I believe it was Saturday, Friday or Saturday. Okay. Um, and then it wasn't until after the fact that they reviewed some video evidence sent in by a, a viewer yeah, um, questioning the rule of playing the ball where his ball came to rest on his drop. Um, apparently, you know, they had it in their mind that if the ball – hasn't crossed the OB line, you can play it. Okay. But I forget what if rule it, touches it is. touches the line or something, then you Yeah, can. yep. If, if so any part of like, the ball is covering the line. Is it probably like something like if you hit it and hit it to the OB and it f- doesn't officially go out, you can play it. But if it's on a drop and it's touching the line, right. it's such a goofy thing. He should have redropped. Yeah, he had, yeah, I mean the opportunity to redrop the yeah, ball. Yeah, he could have, right? Yeah, until it came to a resting spot. 
but he could play it. He could stand and hit the ball where it was at. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until the next day that he was awarded, yeah, another two-stroke penalty. That's just insane that they can do that. It just blows my mind, especially, like, when you, you tee off based on where you're at. Like, you're, you're, tee, you're scheduled to tee off based on a time where you're at in the scenes. I don't know if they changed his time slot because of it or not, but, like, that kind of that can mess with a golfer and who yeah. he's golfing with and stuff. Especially, I think it, they probably talked to him while he was on the putting green too, yeah, prior to teeing off. True. So it's yeah. like nothing like a little slap in the right. It felt like a a spite thing. Now it might be the right rule, but it feels it feels different when it's a guy that just announced that he's going to live. Well, tour, especially right? yeah, number two in the world. Um, yeah. He's made a, a living on the PGA Tour this year. Um, and now he's about to get paid. Yeah, well, I think it was another hundred, 100 million, hundred million dollar guaranteed contract through Live Golf. But and then there was a, a secret, not secret, m- huge meeting for the players in the PGA or something. Did yeah, you hear much about that? Yeah, I, I know I, it was kind of breaking like throughout the day. I don't. Yeah, know I, what's come of it. So I heard far. about it yesterday. I heard the rumors. I guess break yesterday. Um, haven't really heard too much about the outcome of the meeting yet. I don't know what time of day that was at today. Um. But, yeah, it was uh, Tiger Woods flew in to – I forget what tournament they're playing this weekend, but it's in, uh, I think, like Delaware or something. Anyway, okay. yeah. Uh, flew in, and he's supposed to be, like, kind of the keynote speaker. <laughs> um, like a like the commissioner, basically, is what they're, they're calling it, right? Kind of. I yeah. think he's uh, maybe outvoicing the yeah. PGA – or is it president or whatever? Um, T- but, yeah, he came in to talk to some of the top golfers in the world – and I guess they were trying to have some type of little uh, pep talk as to why, like, not to leave the PGA Tour yeah. or the Live Golf Tour. To be completely honest with you, if I if it were if it were me, like, say I'm like the 95th best golfer in the world, and I'm ranked there, not making great money or anything like that, and you bring in Tiger Woods to try to tell me to stay in the PGA, I'd be like. Screw that. Like, you've made over a billion dollars. Yeah. Shut your mouth and don't tell me what to do with my money. Like, <laughs> that would just, that would burn me a little bit. And I don't know how, how golfers will take it. I feel like it, it's kind of like we, we talked about when, when the NFL is going through their uh, CBA negotiations and you hear, like, these high-end quarter, you hear, like, Aaron Rodgers come out and talk about it. You hear... um Tom Brady, I don't know if Tom Brady really did, but like like the higher end guys that have been paid very well in like talking about the CBA, like they have something to do. It's like you are the you are at the top one percent. You what you think has nothing to do with what the NFL Players Association should worry about. You know what I mean? Like it it bothered me, and I remember bringing that up, and it's like nobody cares what the. One percent thinks this isn't about the one percent. This is about the hundred percent finding a median that works. Um, I don't know. It it seems like they're in scramble mode, and that's exactly what Liv wanted to do to these guys is put them in a, a tough spot. And it, it's again, things are changing, and there's gonna be more. I bet you Will's gonna be the next one to go. Right? Like, <laughs> there's no way he, if he starts winning on the on the FedEx Cup. Um, like why wouldn't he go? Like they're gonna they're gonna pay for him. Yeah, I think the winner of the FedEx Cup takes home like eleven million dollars or something. Yeah, too. it's something pretty pretty in- insane. Yeah, um, but I mean he could go sign a hundred million dollar deal. Right, I mean he'd be he'd day. be well he'd be set for life <laughs> on on a FedEx, uh, you know, cup. Yeah, he financially wouldn't have to worry the rest of his life. So why not go take more money and play yeah, less golf? Yeah, exactly. I think that's 
That's kind of the, the thing. The going rate right now, yeah. It's, we, we I think it comes down to the PGA having to pony up some money here pretty soon. Yeah, we did have another comment from Stefan or Steven. I can never read that. I don't know the difference. I have a hard time with that. <laughs> I, I even asked you earlier. So uh, he said, Scotty Scheffler also clearly stepped on his line on purpose. Did you have, Did you see that or no? I just saw the memes afterwards. But okay. I forget if that was might have been Thursday or Friday. See, this is the type of stuff that I want to see in golf. I would watch all the time. Watch these guys just get all fired up against each other. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. I'm, all, I'm bored there's, that. there's been some pretty good memes going out there of yeah. that, that whole situation, Better than too. memes that I've created or no? Um, you can say uh, no. No, I'm, I'm going to say no. I mean, it's, <laughs> come on, it's golf at the end of the day. We, we really got to get in these fire Avila memes. Yeah, speaking of the memes that I've been talking about. So, Al Avila, he gone. Are you done making memes? He gone. I gotta find a new. I gotta find a new target. <laughs> I got nothing. I don't know what else to uh, do. He did say it's Steven. Thanks for thanks for clarifying. Now I can read Steven from now on. Thanks, buddy. Um, thanks for watching. Share us with your friends. Help us grow our audience. Good for you, man. Um, no, but uh, Al Vila. So we recorded on last week Tuesday, uh, and then I think it was Tuesday night. Yep. Uh, they what, then well I brought what's up new for us, Carrie though? Carpenter. I, we brought up Carrie Carpenter last week, and then all of a sudden. Called up that night, I think it was. Right. Um. So for the next day, and then I think it was Wednesday during the day. Uh, they announced that Alavila <laughs> gone, baby. So he is finally gone. And thank God. Look, I don't even want to start digging into who needs to take his spot because, first of all, if somebody says that they know good GMs in this league, the next big GM in this league, they're a liar. So it's like Theo Epstein or trust the process and trust the search committee at this point. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. go get Theo Epstein. Everybody knows Theo Epstein. If you go get him, that's obviously a home run at this point. He's working for MLB right now. Yeah, but but if they go and hire, you know, Johnny Tsunami from the Dodgers or something, I can read the same article as everybody else and and get all excited and stuff. But at this point, all I care about is the fact that Al Avila is gone. Like, he can't hurt me anymore. He can't. Well, actually, he can because I'm still watching him, <laughs> so he can still hurt sometimes. <laughs> I can still see these prospects struggling. Uh, I can still see Eduardo Rodriguez still MI. Well, no, he's actually p- pitching in the minors, but like all of the the bad things that he's done, and and maybe the Jackson Job comes back to hurt us and and all uh, that good stuff. But I mean, it's just he, he's he's done. And some of the comments that that um. Chris Illich said it was just like I have one. So you go back a couple weeks, like when when Red Wings were hiring their coach, and he said he was really happy with where um, the 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 Tigers were as a whole. And then all of a sudden, it's just like stuff that he's saying now sounds like the exact opposite. It was almost like he thought we were talking about like like a different Tigers team back when the Red Wings thing was going on. Right? Yeah, he he had some serious eye opening comments during his presser. Yeah, so you said you, you had a couple here. Yeah, I, I I just got the big one, and, you know, I'm sorry if you guys have already heard this. You know, we're just kind of uh, reinventing the uh, wheel here. But, yeah, I uh, mean, it's it's tough when it happens the second after we stop recording. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, you know, during his presser, um, he had a reporter ask if he had any regrets about trading away Verlander and J.D. Martinez. And Chris Illich, quote, I didn't trade away those players. Our general manager did. <laughs> Al did. That's his role. Love that. End of quote. Yeah, I mean, and, and the way he said it was just a little, it felt uh, 
like a little dagger, uh, a parting shot. Oh, yeah. And it seemed like whatever happened between that faithful day that he said that he was happy with what was going on and the day that Al Avila got fired, it seemed like something extreme happened in their relationship. He even said, um, you know, we had him in. We said we were going to cut him loose, and the rest I will leave between us. And the way he mm-hmm. said it was, I know that's kind of um, – it's kind of the way it works is we'll keep these meetings between us and stuff like that. But, like, it's, it felt way different. It felt like there was a little bit of anger behind this firing. And uh, it just it just feels so good. And I feel bad because it is his livelihood and stuff. But at the same time, do your job good and I'm not going to, like, call you out, you know. And he did his job terribly. In all in all aspects, I used to defend the drafting aspect, but it doesn't look like that's been any good either. You know, okay, it's his livelihood, sure, but if you didn't take care of your money when you were getting paid, well, yeah, that's a good. I point. really don't feel bad for you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just nice. It is nice, and I had, again, I don't know who's going to be the guy that takes his place. I hope that they're they're aggressive, and I'm not saying aggressive by, um. Oh jeez, Baez really sucks. What is he? What is he doing? He is seriously, he is seriously the worst player in baseball. He could have made it. I saw a stat. He just he booted has, the ball. He has more errors than walks this season. He has more errors than homers this season. And he's oh gosh, terrible signing. So he's is Ivilo still hurt me from his grave. He still hurt me from his grave. Is what he's doing. This sucks. And he should have been. He got lucky. Off. What was he? What did he think he was gonna do? Why would all right? It's not even worth getting into. But Alavila gone. But it's Alavila right I there. Hope, I hope that they do a search. And it sounds like A.J. Hinch is kind of leading this, this search. <laughs> I think and so. And that's going to be a, a interesting side of it. I don't know if that's – I mean, this year has not been going good, obviously. Um, for the people that loved what A.J. Hinch did last year, they should question a little bit of what's going on this year. It's it's ugly. Um but I'm going to stick with the track record, and I think the water will find its level when it comes to him being a very good manager. Once he has mm-hmm. um, the groceries, I think he's a good cook. You know, I think he can he can whip something up for us. So oh, uh, nice time analogy. will tell. I like that. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. If it's craft beer in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority, but we love both like a fat kid loves cake. Hot, hot! <laughs> This is State of My Sports. Am I supposed to put a timer on you now? Oh, no, no. No, We're no. Good. We're good. We got we got 40 minutes till Hard Knocks, but it, it will. We can jump. We can join in at any time. <laughs> so. um, but we did want to talk some Detroit Lions. And I, I wanted to keep this somewhat quick, but I, good luck. I, I think we'll, we'll do all right here. But I basically want to talk about what we've learned so far, what we've learned from watching Hard Knocks, what we've learned from watching preseason num- uh, game one, um, what we're learning more about this team. And, and I, I want to start with the hard knock stuff. And I don't know if you guys have watched it or not, but there's just the, – you watch this and it just – you hear about the culture that they're trying to set, but seeing it visually and it's hearing different. it, it's way different. And it feels like you can buy into it more. And it's funny because Lions fans usually don't have a hard time buying into what they're, what they're <laughs> spoon-fed and stuff. <laughs> but here when this is on, it's just like a – a fire hose, just open up. Here it comes, and I'm gonna take it all in. Blue and shades on, <laughs> dude, blue uh, shorts, blue oh, undies, blue hat. I I guarantee you, by the time we we get into the the Lions season preview, I will be full on 
on board for this team. Crazy. You, you look like you got a tear in your eye. I know. Soon. I'm getting emotional thinking <laughs> about how good they're going to be. Uh, <laughs> all right. We got another one. Is there a schedule of when you all go live? We go live every Tuesday night. Please join us. We appreciate the comments, man. This is awesome. Thank you, Stephen. Um, yep. Every Tuesday night, we try to start between 8 and 9. It usually ends up around 8.45, um, especially when beer gets forgotten to bring. Um, but that's just that's just uh, a random night that doesn't happen too often. But um, yeah, we go live. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Um, we're on Twitch, and we're on on YouTube. So uh, appreciate the comments and love love you being part of the conversation. Obviously, you're a, a golf fan, but let us know who else you're a fan of, and maybe maybe you like the Lions talk here. But hard knocks here. Um, Dan Campbell, definitely a player's coach. I think that's very obvious. This is just stuff that I'm un- unpacking from watching Hard Knocks. But like, what I think he's doing a really good job with is also holding these players very, very accountable. He's demand, very, very demanding of these players, um, but at the same time keeps that that love to the be that players coach that um, we needed the the opposite of what Matt Patricia was. Tough you know what love. I mean? Yeah, a little bit tough love, and um, doesn't he he really. He's he's got something, and I don't know if it's a football coach. I don't know if it's a successful football coach, but he has something that's valuable to where we need to be. We're we're changing, changing the the culture basically. Um, there was a point last week. Uh, it appeared like like he kind of made the guys put on pads early, like earlier than most people are used to. I think in in um, training camp, and um, he just basically pleaded with them. He goes, "Hey, this just he was saying, this is the type type of stuff that makes you better." This is the type of like the data tells us the data tells us a little more pad work, a little more hitting, a little more will give us that edge that other teams might not be doing. Where we're at, like we need to get to their level. Yeah, when you're at that level, you can take days off and not put on the pads as much. But when you're trying to work your way out of the basement, you need to keep on pounding, keep on going. Um, and and he he, he said. Um, this is how to be prepared. This is how we get better. This is how to be fully prepared for week one. I did have a, a quote here, that like kind of, it was just kind of keep going on from from this quote. Obviously, he's a very hard uh, guy to read quotes from, but he said, "All I think about is you guys. That's all I think about, man. That's all I effing think about is you guys and how I set up, how I set you up best effing." possible is that right did i read that right it doesn't sound you right you might have missed a word all right um the best possible advantage i can give you to have a season i swear to you men i just need you to trust me and that that's just seeing this side of 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 dan campbell is is a real breath of fresh air because it was like he seemed just like a quote machine you know and but he seems to have a, a actual focus of of the plan that they're trying to Put out there. Will it be successful? Will it work? Odds are no. The odds are against the Lions from ever being good, especially this type of regime, that type of coach you don't really see. But man, is this a fun way? A fun way to watch it kind of develop. A fun way to see that cook in the kitchen. You know, I keep on going. Mate, see, mate. see what I'm going there? <laughs> keep on going with that one. Okay. Um, another thing that they got into big uh, were, were the assistant coaches last week. A uh, good mix of, of been there, done that, and high energy former players uh, that are getting their their first shot at like a high end coaching. You got Deuce Staley, who's the assistant head coach. Uh, he's also the the running back coach. Ben Johnson, we didn't see a whole lot of him, but Hank Fraley, 
um, offensive line coach. You got Mark Brunel as a quarterback coach, and then Antoine Randall L as wide receivers coach. You got a, a nice group there of, of guys that have been there. Um, but then you also got the young players that can be like, hey, I've been in your shoes. I know what's going on. You know what I mean? Um, which I think is really valuable. On the defensive side, you got Aaron Glenn, Aubrey Pleasant, and Kelvin Shepard. Um, one thing that really happened that really stuck out to me, I don't know if you, if you guys, if it stuck out to you guys the way it did uh, me, but when um, Kelvin Shepard, he's the uh, the linebackers coach, uh, he was he it was just like a one on one with the camera, and he was talking about how, uh, you know, for this job, for I don't know if it was for the interview or for the job, he was going to get his hair cut. He's got like dreadlocks and stuff, something that you don't usually see from a coach. And he goes, you know, I think I should get this cut so I look more apart. And Dean Campbell said, no, like. This is who you are. Like, this is what I want. I, I wanted you to be on this team, not someone who's trying to be somebody he's not. As soon as we start doing that, like, that type of focus of being someone, trying to be someone you're not is when the players will see right through it. You know what I mean? And it was just interesting to me. Not that I care what somebody's hair looks like and stuff, but I get what, what Kelvin Shepard was thinking. And then the fact that Dan Campbell was like, no, be you. Well, it was pretty cool. At least he's not wearing an unsharpened pencil in his ear, right? <laughs> yeah, with you a know? laminated piece of paper yeah. that you can't write pipe pencil on. But I don't know. It was it was really really uh, uh, cool to hear that. And and I think tonight they're going to get more into uh, the Aaron Glenn side of it. Another thing that they they featured last week that was interesting was the the Aaron Glenn to do Staley feud. Did did you happen to watch the episode? Did did you no, get a chance? You haven't got a chance to. So basically, what was going on was the. Do Staley, the running back coach, and Aaron Glenn, the defense coordinator, were just kind of like jawing at each other constantly. And it was... Like uncomfortably? I thought it was uncomfortable, personally. Um, if I was a player, I'd be like, dude, just shut up and just let us do this thing. It was Do Staley kind of egging it on. Um, if you guys ever get a chance to watch that, it, I'd, I'd be curious what you think. But um, there were some people in, in Detroit Sports Talk Radio that was like, that was the best part. Like, that was so cool. And I'm like sitting there watching this. I'm like... This is actually kind of embarrassing. Like dysfunction. It, I mean, it was all in good fun. They 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 get along really well. They love each other. Like they talk about that. They're they're actually really good friends and stuff. Right. But, but it was just kind of like the often. It was just yeah. It was just weird. I don't know. It seemed like a. Li- it seemed. It seemed unnecessary and it seemed like a distraction, in my opinion. You think it's something because the cameras were on? I don't know. Everybody says it's not, but again, that's what they say. You know, they say that this has been consistent between these two all of last year and and stuff. But um, uh, one thing that I thought was left out last week that I really wanted to uh, lean more into is is what Ben Johnson is like, the new offensive coordinator. Um, Is he calling plays? Is he not? Like, I want to know all of those things. Uh, There was a a good interview with Jared Goff today on, on on the radio, and he's spoke very highly of Ben Johnson and really likes the relationship that they're they're developing and. Uh, one thing that he said was he trusts me to have an opinion, and that's something that he didn't have last year with um, – I can't remember who, who was the all OC last year. I can't think of his name right now. But um, it's nice nice to see. Um, and just really fun. It's so fun to see behind the curtains of your team. I recommend watching it if you haven't yet. But we're going to try to watch this episode two tonight. Um, preseason game number one. What what did we learn in this? Um, and – the way I, I really looked at it, and it's it, I didn't learn much at all. It just more or less confirmed things of of what I what I my perspective of what this team was going to be good at and what this team was going to be bad at. So I do want to start on the for offense side of the ball, and you guys can jump in, ask questions, sure. whatever you guys think. Uh, 
but the so the starting offense had the first one one offensive drive. Golf went three of four for forty seven yards. Only incomplete pass was a drop pass by Jamal Williams. Uh, nice eighteen yard gain to Brock Wright, tight end. Uh, St. Brown had a nine yard catch, a twenty yard catch, um, on a really nice second uh, in three play action. I thought that was exactly what this offense needs um, to be successful. Um, it was not flashy by any means, but it was very methodical. Now, look, I'm not... It's preseason. Yeah, it's preseason. Not going to get too excited about it, but it's just like, it's nice to see... I mean, last year when we were watching preseason, the exchange between Ragdown and Goff, there was so many miscommunications. It was awful. Into the season, it, this, this seems way more structured. It seems like you have a quarterback gaining confidence, not only in himself, but his role as the leader of this team. Um, and I thought it was interesting after the fact it came out that Goff was actually told he was going to sit out this game. But then when he heard that the rest of the offense was going to go, the offense line, he goes, no, I'm going to be playing with my offense line. So that's kind of cool. Something cool from a leader. You don't see that a whole lot in the NFL um, when it comes to uh, in, in the preseason. Again, take it for what it is. Um, on the running side, uh, Swift had a one-yard run. Three-yard run, seven-yard run, and a nine-yard rushing touchdown. Williams had a nine-yard run and a three-yard run. The old line looked as advertised. They looked good. They got a push. They they were creating holes, very simple schemes and stuff, but they looked like they were manhandling a bad Falcons team preseason. I get all those things, but it's nice to see the confirmation of what what we believe this team's going to become. You know, and that is a very big part of it. Healthy offensive line is everything for this team. In, in this offense, um, I did have a little bit more here. They they uh, averaged 5.33 yards on the ground on the six running plays that they had. Uh, the nine yard touchdown run by Swift was impressive. Uh, that looked like the old line was kind of pushing all different directions, and he just kind of like stopped and and judged where he could go. He won a nice race to the end zone. He had a really nice block downfield by Josh Reynolds. It was just it looked like it was very chaotic, but. Using Swift's vision to go to score from nine runs, nine yards out seemed like something we haven't seen um, in a while for the Lions. Just, just trust your running back to find that hole. Don't make it too obvious. Don't push and only allow him to go one way. Again, preseason, I get, I get all these things, but it's just stuff that I noticed that was uh, pretty cool. I just think it, it confirmed our belief in this O line. The Swift Williams tandem could be very solid behind this offensive line. That's kind of the goal. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Play action for Goff. Hit those tight ends. Like it just seemed like it. What we saw that first drive was again not flawless, but is is it? It was very exciting to see. You, <clears throat> in my opinion, I I think that with the offensive line and with the expectations that I think everyone has set around that team specifically for that line. You should expect, you should expect a lot out of the line and especially the running backs. As as long as the play calling calls for ground and pound game and to to really get yourself down the field, you should expect a lot all season long. You have you have very talented uh, you have talented tailbacks and a very 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 talented offensive line. There is no reason you cannot impose your will down the field with what's going on there. Yeah, and and I think 
combining that with a little more confidence with Goff, it's going to be it can it could turn into a look. It's never going to be like a a Tom Brady led offense. It's not going to be a high flying Packers offense when they're dialed in. It's not going to be like um, uh, the the Rams or or the Chiefs, but it's going to be a nice step in the right direction. And we're going to need to put up points. Um, to to be in these these football games as, as we start getting into the the, the important ones. Um, one thing I didn't want to bring up the Mason Rudolph stuff. The next uh, quarterback on the market. I don't know if you guys have heard like there's talk about him being on the trade market. Do you think he's a fit to become like to upgrade our our backup situation? Uh, no. 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 Like even with how bad Boyle and Blau are, like. <laughs> Here, here, here's what you got to remember is kind of what Pittsburgh is going to call for, right? Because he, he's well, coming out of Pittsburgh, right? Because, I mean, uh, Baker Mayfield went for a fifth uh, round. So Mason Rudolph should go for like a negative fifth round. You would think, but that, <laughs> but that, that doesn't matter to who's running their yeah. their camp over there. They, they may think he is way more important and worth a heck of a lot more than Baker Mayfield. He, like... Um, when when uh was it Christian Kirk? They got paid for receiver? that. Got paid for Arizona. Oh yeah, yeah. They overvalued him. Yeah. Like well, th- I like these, Christian Kirk, but I think he got overpaid. But that's just my opinion. I, I think there's a lot of GMs that think differently. You know, Alavila being one of them. You know, just bad moves. But I I just I don't think he's a good fit for your team. To be quite frank. Yeah. I, the way I look at it, and I don't know about you, John, but, like, if we lose Goff, just lose every game. Yep. Like, I mean, you're not going to compete without Goff, which is weird to say because I don't think he's that great of a quarterback. But, like, as soon as he's gone, like, there's no shot. The little shot that no. you might have had. Like, John, what, what do you think about upgrading our backup quarterback? <laughs> is it even on your radar? No, Mason Rudolph is not on my no. radar. No, He's I think on Miles it, Garrett radar. Yeah, I, I was going to say that's his only claim to fame, and it's only because Ben Roethlisberger probably had too many cheeseburgers the week before and couldn't <laughs> physically fit in his <laughs> uniform to play. You know, um, but ah, man, yeah, I mean, our our backup quarterback situation is not looking pretty. Um, there's got to be better guys out there that don't have a job right now that can throw a ball better yeah. than both of these guys and maybe Mason Rudolph combined. I don't know. Call up Johnny Menzel. See what's happening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I agree. I don't think I would give up anything for him. Just let him release him, and then maybe if you if you feel like he's better than what we have, go ahead. But at that point, I'm just like whatever. Like I don't. It's a non-story to me. I just thought it was interesting. People were talking about it today. Going, going back to the preseason game, the defense. Um, Aiden looked NFL ready. I don't know if you guys watched some of his highlights or anything. Uh, he, he was in, like, so he only played in one drive, but he was in a co- the backfield multiple times on the first couple uh, plays. He drew, he got a tackle for loss. He drew a, a holding penalty. Um, and just a couple other times he was just in the backfield causing havoc. Um, the little worry I had about him, because you guys know I was more of a Thibodeau guy. I thought his... Um, ceiling was higher, maybe a lower floor. I feel like what I saw, and again, I'm not going to get too excited. Combine what I saw with what I'm hearing, what you're seeing on um, Hard Knocks. Combine all that together. I think Aiden Hutchinson's floor is going up along with his ceiling as we speak. Like it, at least 
my perspective. And it's probably not fair because you'd probably say my floor and high and ceiling were already yeah, way up there. Y- yeah, you speak for yourself there, but sir. Like, from my perspective, like he is <laughs> his value is going higher and higher every single day. Um and it's probably not even true. It's just my perspective of, of what it what he could become. Let me fix that for you. Aiden didn't look NFL ready. He is NFL ready. Right. He he he's simply a man amongst boys. You know, when he's lining up across from, you know, veteran offensive linemen, it, it's it's a different story. Like the, yeah. the one move you've seen him do, he he just kind of quick chop, uh, boom, quick chop, push yeah. him to the side. That guy fell to his knees and he was completely out of the play. And Aiden was in the backfield and took care of business. And where have we seen that before? Time after time after time at I remember Michigan. It several times that last week in November. <laughs> Whew, that was nice. No, no a- Aiden is certainly NFL ready. And and he's so important to this defense. Yep. Because another thing that we noticed and wondered was our linebacking core is not good. We knew that. We've heard that. We had hoped that it would be a little better or be a little better. What we saw on, on again, one preseason game. Even the negative, I need to say, preface that. Pref, preface. Pre- preface that. It was bad. And it was just kind of reaffirming what we already knew and our concerns kind of just growing. And I think you combine that with the thin depth that we're starting to see at defensive tackle and, and health issues there. Man, the, you need defensive tackles to make your linebackers better. You need linebackers doing their job that you can trust for your defensive tackles to fully engage and do their job. Those two being our weaknesses, and secondary is not that great either, so I don't want to get too – but like, but th- that's where I'm really focusing is linebackers and defensive um, – interior defensive line, and it's just – that is a recipe for disaster. And what the, the, the Falcons did to us on the ground was – was it was was ugly. It, it was really bad. Um, even with the highs of, of what Aiden Hutchinson was doing and, and the excitement there, uh, the 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 drive that they they the one drive of the starting defense or, or whoever played, um, they forced a third and five. They had an eight yard run that got them um, the first down, got them behind the sticks uh, with the holding penalty at first and twenty. Twenty four yard gain. False start penalty. First and 15. They got an 18-yard gain. Also forced a third third and eight inside the 20 for them to gain eight yards in, in a first down to end up – sorry, they gained 12 yards, I think it was, and then uh, ended up scoring an eight-yard touchdown on the very next play. So it was just like – it was exactly what we saw last year. It was like, hey, you see a couple flashes. You get them behind the sticks, and it was just like, oh, my God goodness this is just a disaster like the smallest plays would turn into big plays and i don't want to overreact uh over a preseason game but it's just like it's just a flashback to the problems that we saw all year last year that kept me up at night and ruined my sundays it was like man if you just would have done this if you just would have got this one stop on third and eight fourth and 18 against the ravens if you just would have got that stop who knows like yeah, little wins here and there aren't going to, like, you're not that close, but it's just like when you can start looking at that and it's just not getting any better, it's just more the same, more of the worry, you know what I mean? You just don't want history to start repeating itself as the problem Yeah, as a fan. Yeah, exactly, and and they need to get healthy. They need to start figuring stuff out for, for history to not repeat itself. Right. You know? I mean, it's the same stuff that we saw last year, John, and, and I don't know. It's just. The defense scares me. The offense is hopeful. 
when you have hope and when you only have hope on the offensive side of the ball, you know what I mean? It's just like I'm yeah, it just makes me makes me more nervous than than I need to be. But I do see a road to the playoffs. I do. And I want to get into it here. For Detroit? For the Detroit Lions. Okay. And it might be too early. It might be. It's never too I early get for that. you to say. <laughs> I get it. But, like, you really start looking at the NFC, and it's very top-heavy. And that's where I think the Lions can attack with their weaker con or weaker uh, schedule. They play at 1 o'clock every single Sunday. They travel the least amount out of every single team. They never have less rest than their personal opponent. Like, it's not right. – they're, they're not – like, it, the – Schedule's lined up pretty well for them when it comes to that stuff. And then you look at everybody's talking about lines on their schedule as a win. I get that that happens. But I do want to look at the NFC as a whole. So, if we just go back to last year's division champions, assume every division champion wins. Again, you got the Dallas Cowboys, which I think that... I'll get back to that Mm. one. You got Green Bay, basically a lock. You got Tampa Bay. We'll say it's a lock. We'll just, but Tom Brady just left, so like, we'll just hold on, like hold on to your shorts on that one. Like time will tell. They also lost some offensive linemen, and I think the Rams. I don't want to say are a lock with, with the with with the Stafford injury, but at the same time, they should be the winners, right? Like these, I, I would say all of these teams should win. Now going back to the the NFC East, where you got the Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, and and Giants. I think it's a little more wide open. But I'm gonna give Dallas the nod because they they just seem to have they they them they boys to, yeah exactly everybody loves the Cowboys right but I mean 12 wins is is decent you know I mean that's that's yep. a pretty dang good season yeah, what they did absolutely. last year yep. and there was a couple that they should have had that that would I think they were underrated um, but let's just focus on that side and then here you are you got three wild card teams I think the Eagles and Commanders are are very interesting teams. I think Eagles circle them as as one of the play the the wild card teams. I personally don't believe in Jalen Hurts. I don't. I don't believe in them. I don't believe in what they're doing. I think they're they're the team that it can it can hit the fan very very quickly. Commanders iffy on them. We'll see how the Carson Wentz project works. It never seems to wherever he goes. Giants another one. You can't tell me that the Lions are worse than the Giants. Like today, yeah, they have Saquon Barkley and can can run a game like that. But mm-hmm. outside of of that, like, there's not a whole lot of hope for the Giants in no, in that no. opinion. You get into uh, the Saints, Falcons, Panthers. Everybody seems to really like the Saints. That's another one that's really confusing to me. Michael Thomas is back. Who's throwing him the ball? James. Is he is he hel- didn't he just get hurt though? Oh, I don't know. Michael Thomas he, did not do well today. No? no, but anyway, so you got Saints, Falcons, Panthers. Look, we just lost to the Falcons in preseason. I think we're in a better position than the Falcons. The Panthers are an interesting one. I personally really like Baker Mayfield, but what else do they have? They it, these are all questionable teams. Oh, yeah, I'm not questions. saying that they're yep. great. I'm not saying that they're terrible. And then you got the Cardinals, 49ers, Seahawks. Cross the Seahawks out of there until they get a legitimate quarterback. I don't think they're going to even sniff the playoffs, even if they want to win a game this year. They're going to be bad for a while. 49ers trusting Trey Lance. That is a massive question mark. He can look great. He can look terrible. And then the Cardinals, we all know the dumpster fire that they could turn into. they got to do their homework. You need, you need to find three teams that are 
guaranteed wild card here. And then you get into our division. I think the Lions could be better than the Bears. I think they could be sneaky better than the Bears. And then you got the Vikings, who I would say are better than the Lions. But new coach, things are changing. You never know what's going to happen. Now, where would I rank the Lions with all these teams? Towards the bottom. But you see a path. You see, you're, you're looking at three wild card teams here. It's just, it is very well possible. And I'm not saying it's going to happen yet. I might say that here, here in a couple couple weeks or so. But I think I want to see it before I, I say those words. I want to see see it in a regular season game. Um, but I'm just like, I, liter- I legitimately think that they could either be a four-win team or honestly find their way to sneak into nine wins and find that third and final wild card. Does that make me too excited or anything? Do I trust Goff? No, not necessarily. But I don't think we should count this out. What do you guys think? Am I crazy? Uh, don't answer that. Is it possible? It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. I think we have to, yeah, I mean, we we have to see Jared Goff that played in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago for the Rams if we're going to have a, a chance. He's got to have a big year. We can't have a mediocre year out of Jared Goff and make the playoffs. Yep, I agree Our with defense that. isn't going to win us enough games for Jared Goff to just be mediocre. Um, I don't know. There's a couple teams in there. I do like the Philly Eagles. I don't know. They brought in you A.J. Do. Brown. Yeah. Um, their offense is going to be probably their front runner. Fonte Smith. Um, I mean, they yeah. killed us last year. I yeah. Like, I was I'm not at the game. That we're better. I was I'm at the, I was at the game. I left at halftime. Did you? Yeah, I went up to the concourse. I felt really bad. What casino did you go to? I didn't go to the casino. You <laughs> <laughs> went to the golf course. No, I went and bought one of them dang pizzas from Hungry Howie's, and it wasn't very good. <laughs> I spent way too much money on it. Yeah. Probably had a couple beers too, but brutal. Um, was it Chris Spielman? I think got elected into the Detroit oh, Hall, it, it Hall of Fame ceremony. Ceremony. I felt really bad because I was up in the concourse. And I was like, I'm not going back to my seat. I'm done watching this garbage, and uh, I was out of there before the second half started. Um, found my way to the parking lot and just drank beers that were in my cooler. But anyway, what's that? I was just wondering if you had a pen. I got one right here. Tight. So I, um, I like Philly. I don't know. The Vikings, like you said, are pretty good. But I got the Saints and the Cardinals in there, too, as maybe fighting for that last spot. But, it's gonna, yeah, it's going to come down to injuries. I mean, Cardinals are missing a couple key guys for a little bit, too. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Jameis is just as uh, – questionably potential ceiling as, as Jared Goff. So it could be a, a coin flip, like you said. I don't know. I think I think they could make the playoffs. That's me, Lions fan, lifetime. Yeah. Um, optimistic as they get. And, and, and uh, it's not even necessarily about making the playoffs for me to say that it's a successful season or anything like no, that. No, but, but... like, being in that graphic, being relevant don't in finish, those last couple weeks yeah. would mean so much based on what we went through last year yep. and... and where this rebuilds at, and then all of a sudden you start looking at the draft picks. It's like, you can take a massive step forward. Like, take a step forward and then take the jump once you figure out which quarterback you want. You're yeah. going to say something. Sorry. No, I just kind of wanted to quick breeze through these teams again. Um, Commander, I, I was crossing teams off based on my gut feeling of, you know, are they going to be relevant? Are they going to be any good this year? Dude, I, I think you are out of your mind if you think you're even going to be kind of floating around the Bears. The Bears are going to be so bad. 
I think they could be so bad, but I also think that they could sneak no. win a sneak. They could sneak a win or two. Where, so if you're comparing the Lions to, let's say, realistically, let's say six wins to the Bears four, like that's where I see them in the same category. And then it just comes down to who wins that matchup. Where Lions against a, a running type quarterback scares the crap out of me every time, especially with our linebackers. I'm sorry, but I think you easily take both games from the Bears handily. And and then I look at the NFC East has always been just atrocious. I mean, sure, Dak is back. Who cares? I don't care. Zeke is following Roethlisberger's nutritional diet. I don't know <laughs> what is going on there. He looks like a mess. So, I, you know, the NFC East has been like so questionable for like the past five years when Dallas isn't floating around the top, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that that whole division is super questionable. I, I do like Philly, like John said. I like their weapons. They got uh, Jared Davis and Kobe Dean on the defense, and that has bolstered their defense quite a bit. Um, Washington, I crossed them right off. Yeah. Carolina, I crossed them off. No, no offense to Baker or uh, Christian McCaffrey. I just don't think they have enough on defense and then not quite enough firepower on offense to even be relevant down there. I don't know what Atlanta's going to look like, you know, with all their starters. You guys kind of caught a glimpse of it, but I just don't see how they do it with Mariota being healthy. Like, I don't see Mariota being healthy throughout a whole year. And then then what? You know what I mean? Like, was it Matt Corral? Is that who it was? Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. Sorry, yeah, yeah. So, regardless. So, I, I just crossed off Carolina. I didn't quite cross off Atlanta. But then certainly crossed off Seattle. They are going to be bad for a long time. They are not going to be any good. Um, so you you look at that, and, yeah, I mean, there's certainly a road to being yeah. a wild card team. Yep. But like John said, you need, you need Goff's best. You can't have subpar or, you know, this mediocre Goff. You need to have him have a near-career year. Yep. To actually propel you into that postseason. So when you start looking at like the Lions schedule, and I don't want to play the schedule game yet, but like you start looking at their non-division games, you got the Eagles and Commanders. Who I'm not gonna we're gonna be underdogs in every single one of these games until until we really find out what, what's gonna happen with with this team. But then you you look at you got Seahawks. That's a out of division. Patriots. Look, we should lose to them. You never know though. Um, you got the Cowboys, Dolphins, like. Yeah, exciting, but you never know what Tua is going to show up. You got the Giants, you got the Jags, you got the Jets, you got the Panthers. Like, it's a that's on very paper. Favorable. Here we are on paper. Look, we all play the paper game and stuff, and they're all having all their garbage podcasts saying, "Well, we got the Lions. That's a win." Like they're doing it to us, but I think we can do it to them too. And I think if the Lions, if what we're seeing is any what. Any anything close to being legitimate, like this team could surprise a lot of teams. Health, all that plays into role. I get all of that, but it's just it's something to keep an eye on. That I I really think when it comes down to the the you know week sixteen seventeen is it eighteen now eighteen weeks yeah with the bye right yeah with the right. bye like this team should be playing for something, and that's what I think. We should be really excited about drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. <laughs> You're
You're listening to State of My Sports. Moving on to some college football, and I found a, a nice little article here about um, the freaks, the freaks in college football by Bruce Feldman. Um, basically, it's just his freak list. He's been doing this for a long time. It used to be like ten players, and now it's up to I think like I think he had a hundred on here, and it's just like Jeez. oh boy. But anyways, there were some some local guys that I thought were worth getting into. Um, that I thought that what I thought was interesting here. Um, we'll we'll start let's, let's start at the bottom here. Um, for for some of the players, so we'll just kind of go from uh, the lowest. So there were no Michigan State players, for the record. So this is going to be a Michigan heavier topic, but it's not my fault. Blame Bruce Feldman and be mad at him um, that we're talking Michigan and not Michigan State on this podcast today. But at number forty six, he had Kenneth Grant, Michigan defensive tackle. Um, he said, "Remember this name. He was only uh, ranked a three star recruiting recruit coming out of Indiana." But he's already generated lots of buzz inside the Wolverines program in a few months there. At 6'4", 360, he ran a sub-5'40". Um, Jim Harbaugh told The Athletic this month, Ben Herbert, uh, the, UMF, the U of M strength coach who has trained more than his share of freaks, said Grant is has incredible traits and is likely to be a number one freak down the line. If he applies himself, Herbert said, one of one of the tests is a 26-inch high reactive plyo staircase. We'll get into that later. On which receiver Roman Wilson recently set a Wolverine record, going 2.21. Um, Aiden Hutchinson did it in 2.57, which was flying. When Grant first started, he posted impressive times for his massive size, going as low as 3.2. But after a few weeks, he's done it as fast as 2.77. Everyone around, everyone. Everyone about fell over when they saw that, Herbert said. Tell us a little about Kenneth Grant. I, I don't know much about him, to be honest with you, but when I see defensive tackle, which we'll kind of be getting into here, man, like, this guy's just a free... Is he a freshman? Uh, I believe he's a freshman, but I wanted to get to his size. His yeah, 6'4", 360. Okay, Jordan Davis is 6'6", 340. This is the size of Jordan Davis, boys. This is a big man. I was I, I caught a random YouTube video of some guy touring the Michigan facilities, uh, I don't know, a month or two ago, and they happened to go through the locker room, and Grant was standing there, and he is huge. Yeah, that's oh, exciting. He is a massive man. That'll, that'll be really important to, to really uh – you know, keep keep this defensive line going. Yeah, absolutely. You know, help the edges do do their job, which I think they were able to do last year. Yep. Um, at 31, uh, DJ Turner, Michigan cornerback, a former three-star recruit who has made big strides in Ann Arbor. Turner's grown uh, from 177 pounds to 187 uh, and is coming off a strong year. He made honorable mention all Big Ten after producing 33 tackles, nine PBUs. What are PB p- pass breakups? Um, and two interceptions. Uh, he is the fastest guy on the Wolverines, having hit 23.07 miles per hour oh. and run a 4.2840 out of two point out of a two-point stance, no less. Um, his three-cone time is even more stunning. He clocked a 6.29 uh, this offseason, and strength coaches think he, is, he has a good shot at besting the combine record of 6.28 set by 2018's Oklahoma Jordan Thomas. DJ Turner, very, very important for this defense. Big. 
Huge. If you can find a, a shutdownish corner throughout this, like that, that you need something like that. You know, especially when you're going to be going against Ohio Peyton State. Thorne, Ohio State. I had to throw that in there. Sorry, I, I don't really truly believe that, but <laughs> sorry, I got to take my shots. I got to take my oh, shots. Samuel. Um, no, but I mean, it's 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 cool to see a couple uh, Michigan guys on there, but then you jump into the top ten. Here, top ten, you got uh, Chris Braswell, Alabama linebacker, Collegia Cansey, Pitt defensive tackle, Owen Papo. <laughs> Auburn linebacker. I think oh. I'm missing all of these names. It doesn't matter. Maybe. Um, at gotta, seven. It's got to be Kalijah, right? Kalijah? Oh, yeah. You're Kali- probably, Kali- what did I say? Kalijah. Yeah. Kalijah sounds right. Um, Julius Wellskoff. Wellskoff. Michigan Edge. Uh, has been on our radar since before he arrived at Michigan. European Super Scout Brandon Collier has been buzzing ab- about him <laughs> and his freakish abilities for years. Uh, back then... Welshkoff. Welshoff. Welshoff was a 6'6", 220-pound former champion mog- modules skier. Moguls. Moguls. <laughs> Gosh. Why do I even read? Why don't you guys – John, why don't you just take over? Just say – I mean, I got the Chris mic, Sam. I got the voice. I think it's Brandon Collier. I'm a better reader. Uh, <laughs> just go. I think it's Brandon Collier, by the way. All right, just pick that, up where I left L-I-E-R off, is which you won't know because I read it wrong. So. Uh, 6'6", 220, 220-pound former champion mogul skier from Germany doing backflip on his skis and walking 50 yards on his hands. <laughs> so he's like a gymnast, huh? He's like a freak show. Right. Yeah. Jeez, that's freakish we if found, you ask me. They found him at the carnival. Uh, <laughs> since arriving in Ann Arbor, Walshoff has dazzled, dazzled his teammates with his athle- athleticism, asked what the most impressive thing he's ever seen Walshoff do Standout cornerback DJ Turner said, "It's an ankle mobility test that measures the flexibility in their own legs. Usually, people lower get legs. like lower legs. Sorry, usually people get like 12 inches. I was like 13 or 14. He got 23." Turner said, "Stuff that he can do sometimes just doesn't make sense. Like what? How can he do that? Technically, Walshoff measured 22 inches on his right leg and 23 on his left. Um, from his skiing background." With how his lower limbs function, he has tremendous range of motion. Michigan strength coach Ben Herbert said his ankle m- mobility is ridiculous. So, what does that mean? I want to try I, it. I, I don't know what that is, but my ankles are probably less flexible than my shoulders. Which, um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, this sounds like an absolute freak of nature. Oh yeah. But how does that translate on the football field? Is what I'm, I'm more curious about. Is is he like? Is he someone to keep an eye on for this Michigan team this year? Yep. Is he going to be a starting edge? I think so. Yeah. I believe him and Mike Morris will okay. be on the edge. Never heard of this guy. I don't follow recruiting really? like you do. So, um, but I mean, pretty cool that he's he's on this list, right? Um, yeah. You got Ringo, uh, Georgia corner. You got Will McDonald, Iowa State defensive end. DJ Johnson, Oregon edge. Miles Murphy at three, uh, Clemson defensive edge. Marvin Harrison Jr., Ohio State wide receiver, at number two, and then number one. Mozzie Smith, Michigan defensive tackle. So we have two defensive tackles on this freak list. Love that. That's important to have. John, you want to tell us what they said about Mozzie Smith? Yeah, Mozzie Smith, I think he's a West Michigan guy, right? Came out of, was it East Kentwood? Yep. Uh, His former teammate, Aiden Hutchinson, almost was our top guy in 2021, but this year Wolverine is the number one freak in college football. 
Six foot three, three hundred thirty-seven pounds. Senior has rare power and agility. So rare, in fact, it's hard to find the right sup- superb superlative. 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 I was I was looking for superpower. I just I, I just know that word because of Jimmy Fallon. Remember when he has like the NFL superlatives? No. All right. All right. Uh, the right superlative to begin with, but let's start with this. Smith does twenty-two reps on the bench press, but that's with three hundred twenty-five pounds, not two hundred twenty-five pounds. Oh my gosh! He close grip bench five hundred fifty pounds. Uh, he wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, he, he he vertical jump yeah vertical jumps thirty three inches. His broad jump nine foot four and a half. Smith, what? Nine and a half feet. Okay. Nine uh, foot. Nine foot four and a half inches. Right. Is that yeah. what that is? Is that, is that is what correct. I'm saying? Yes. Broad jump nine foot. No Wait, way. What? Ninety four and a half inches. I don't know. I copied and pasted, man. Nine dash four. That doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Uh, editors, no. It can't be nine foot four. And no, four that's and yeah. Like that's a long ways. That's like two and a half cars. Um, <laughs> who had uh, Smith? Who had thirty-seven tackles last season? Has clocked a four-point-four-one shuttle time, which would have tied the best by any defensive tackle at this year's NFL Scouting Combine, and it would have been better than any defensive tackle weighing three hundred and ten pounds or more in the past decade. His 6.953 cone time would have been by far the fastest among defensive tackles in Indianapolis. The fastest was 7.33. Uh, Smith's 60-yard shuttle time is 11.9. Uh, the Wolverines do a reactive plyo stairs test, which is a series of seven 26-inch high stairs that players attempt to jump as fast as possible. The team record is 2.21 seconds. Smith did it in 2.82. To better gauge just how impressive that, impressive that is, Hutchinson, some 60 pounds lighter than Smith, did it in 2.57. Oh, my God. By the way, that broad jump is nine feet, four and a half inches. Nine feet. That's like standing still, jump forward. Correct. For a man that size. It's over three yards. I don't think right? I can do that in two jumps. So he yeah. gets to the quarterback quick, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> three three yards. That is just, I mean, it's just impressive. That's it, from the line to the quarterback's, like, five-step drop. Right, <laughs> it's gotta be. Gee whiz, man! It's just it's just, it's cool to see, um, and just I mean, there's so many freaks in 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 college football, and there's like the 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 high end talent, like you know what I mean. With college football, you get a mix of like high end NFL caliber guys and like guys that are gonna be selling insurance in a couple months. You know what I mean? Like you get that. So it's like when you see these freaks just that can manhandle either 19-year-old kids or guys that are going to be, like I said, selling insurance, like that's when you can become dominant, when you have those freaks, when you have the Jordan Davis, where you can see the freak of nature that he is on the field and then you actually see it like during the play. That's what I think Michigan needs um, and what, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson was last year. Have I been drinking out of your glass? No. Oh, are you, oh, you're pulling that for me? That's super kind of you. I just didn't expect it. I didn't expect you to be kind. Come on, man. 337 pounds and jumps. 30, <laughs> that 30, is a long way. 33, Leaves a dent when he lands, too. 33 think. inches in the air. <laughs> he clocks an earthquake every time he hits the ground, too. 33-inch <laughs> vertical. Wow. 
It's it's insane. Um, just just pretty cool. I uh, thought it was an interesting article. Obviously, Michigan fan, it, it gets me all excited in the pants. But a um, couple more uh, college football notes that I think are 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 worth chatting about. Uh, with the, with the new deal that we talked about last week, that that's coming down the pipe here for for the Big Ten with NBC being part of it. A lot of people are talking about um, uh, Notre Dame and how that's going to affect him. It sounds like this deal with the Big Ten is allowing Notre Dame to stay independent, basically. And and it's it's changing the landscape a little bit. Like, they're going to try to get these... Um, uh, that I think NBC is going to kind of have a little more say in Notre Dame's schedule and be like, no, you need to go play Big really? Ten teams. You need to go do this. You need to go do that. And and it might get the, the rivalries that, you know, Michigan and Michigan State really like to have against Notre Dame and make right. it more consistent while staying independent for now. I think time will tell on that. But at the same time, I'm just like sit and watch this. I'm like, just give them the middle finger at this point. Like, I don't want it to be like a, when it's time they're going to come and then we're going to bail them out so they can continue to, you know, do what they do and be them arrogant, be their arrogant self. Yeah, I'm saying that. As a Michigan fan, I know we're arrogant too. And Michigan program, like, they're basically twins. Um, but I, I just... Can I tell you my theory on Notre Dame in a minute? I just want, yeah. I just want them to be like, we need the Big Ten and be like, nope. Double middle finger in your face. Go to the what's left of the ACC or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, just go do something else. What's your theory? So there's this nice little window when their current contract comes to an end in 2025, right? So at that point, Marcus Freeman is going to have about three seasons under his belt or going into his third, however you want to look at it. And say say the Big Ten says, you know what? Forget it. You guys are out, and you stay out. Marcus Freeman completely bombs as ND's coach and NBC doesn't want to re-up with them on a personal level. Ouch. Yeah. What do you do? Where do you go from there? I feel like they need to strike when the iron's hot and just join. They need to be part of this. They need they they need to make make a decision. Yes, right? they do. I don't know. I just it's just driving me nuts that they're allowing them to stay independent. Yep. First of all, I think the NCAA needs to jump in and and put a kibosh on that but then i would just love for someone else to just tell him to stick it where the sun doesn't shine you know what i mean <laughs> john what do you think about the the whole notre dame saga stuff I, i'd rather them just be in the big town and get it over with i yeah. think that's their best fighting chance is to be in like a reputable reputable brand in college football um not that not that i feel their brand is going anywhere there's lifers and they're you know they're worldwide um recognize but um if they want to compete if they want to have you know sold out games um and then again keep their keep the relationship with some of these pac-12 schools too yeah. that they've historically played um i think we're gonna see a little more growth from the west coast in the big 10 so you might as well jump aboard now and yeah. get it over with stop being selfish yeah right i i, I agree but it's like at the same time they're being less selfish because they're making less money by staying independent. Correct. That's the weird thing about this whole thing. It's like, what? Wh- what is so? 
great about being independent that you're willing to take less money for it. A pay it cut, just, yeah. It doesn't. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's just such an odd thing that's going on, and I, I hope that it gets settled. But um, I, I did find one more article before we wrap up the the, the college football talk and, and move on. Um, actually, I got I got a little little actually. But I'll just cut that part. That's pointless. Um, I did find some oddly specific predictions for every t- top twenty five college football team, uh, by Greg Allen of the Athletic, um, Michigan State. He had at number seven. And I'm, I'm a little confused about where these rankings came from. But he did have a very oddly specific prediction for Michigan State. Mike, do you want to read that for me? Yeah, for sure. So he says, I have profound respect for Stewart's opinions on college football, but the Spartans don't profile like a top ten team this fall. That's, I think that's related to some kind of somebody else's rankings, which mm-hmm. is, I think, where Michigan State comes at seven. Sorry. So the Vegas sports books place their regular season win total at seven and a half and I'm penciling them in for eight. <clears throat> even the or, uh, excuse me, even with transfers on boarding strange word there, it's hard to trust a pass defense that yielded the most completions of ten plus yards in the country, ranked one fifty two. What's promising about Michigan State is quarterback Peyton Thorne, the kid who was one thousand ninety sixth ranked recruit in the twenty nineteen class. Uh, he'll be better, and he'll be better with the 31 total touchdowns he produced last season, and more specifically, will account for at least three on October 15 against Wisconsin, which hasn't given up any to MSU in the past two meetings. So that's very oddly specific to to kind of jump into the the Peyton Thorn um, over 31 touchdowns, but the three against Wisconsin. Look, it's it's interesting to me, but it's actually kind of spot on. Um, now. This offense line needs to show me a lot more before I start believing in what Peyton Thorne could do. I think the combination of a, I think Kenneth Walker bailed this offense out more than than people really truly realize. Yes, it was a bad offensive line. Peyton Thorne was very good, but the, I think that was because of the threat of what Kenneth Walker was. I, that's my, my the unpredictability in play calling. Yes, exactly. Yep. Um. So I think that's going to be – that's the key to Michigan State. If you come can bring in somebody, you're not going to get another Kenneth Walker in the transfer portal. I'm sorry, that's just not humanly possible. So these two running backs that people are excited about, I'm sorry, you're not getting Kenneth Walker again. But if, they're, if they can combine to be solid enough, that's when mm-hmm. they can build this offense to be what it is. The offensive line is, I think, the key. But eight wins, the over seven and a half – it seems light to me. I mean, it seems it seems accurate, but I would go a little under for now. Um, but I guess uh, we'll, we'll kind of get into other stuff later. Um, this other rankings that uh, I believe was was by a guy named Stewart, which is where Michigan fell in at number eight. His oddly specific prediction was. Before we get into the prediction, let's oh. talk scheduling. More precisely, let's ridicule it. While all the other Big Ten contenders are facing a Power 5 non-conference opponent, Michigan counters with Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn, teams that were combined 10-27 and 27 last year, add in four conference games against teams coming off losing seasons, and this schedule, well, and this schedule has less meat than tofurkey. To- no idea what that means. Tofu. 
Tofurky? Tofu Tofu Oh, I get it. Tofu That's pretty creative. Yeah, uh, I at, get that. I like that. At That's least good. there's a big game at the end in Columbus, one that has eclipsed 80 points three times in the last eight years. Michigan will increase the 35.8 points average in 2021 to, say, 39 this season, though it still won't be enough. Whew. All right. So that uh, seems like a hater. I, oh, yeah. First of all. No, okay. Yeah, the schedule is absolutely embarrassing. I get that. The out-of-conference schedule is what Michigan can control. They can't control their in-conference schedule, right. so that's pointless to bring up, in my opinion. I'm I'm sorry, but you watch all the great SEC teams play high school teams. I mean, it, it's that's that's year after year. I don't know why this is becoming a talking point. This is now a bad thing. No, right? that's this is ridiculous. This is what. Every top tier Power Five team is starting to do. They're starting to follow the the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Clemsons. As far as scheduling goes, you you watch them. Like, I mean, we're we're crying crying about Alabama playing uh, what the Citadel every year, right? Who's the, the Citadel? <laughs> like, the, this is so commonplace, Colgate? right? This <laughs> this is very commonplace for. Power five teams right now. This is that is not a good talk point. I agree. I agree. It's it's silly, but I just thought it was interesting to find a little more about our college football teams. Real quick, the AP. Uh, we 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 talked a lot about the the coaches poll last year or last week. Sorry, <coughs> feels like a year ago with everything that happened the last week. Right. Um. Nothing really changed a whole lot. I didn't want to get into where the, the things did change, and specifically where where our teams kind of landed. So you got the top four. Exactly the same. Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, and then you get down to five. Notre Dame still the same in both sides. Um, but number six is where things change. Last week, the the coaches poll had Michigan at number six. AP has Texas A and M. Um, then you got Utah at seven, where Texas A and M was. So you got Utah and Texas A and M both jumping Michigan um, in the AP slash coach, like comparing the two. Not that this matters at all. Next thing, right. you got Oklahoma, Baylor. Uh, then you got uh, some other things kind of changing. And then jump down to where Michigan State was um, at 14 in the coaches poll, down to 15 in the AP poll. Again, it's just semantics. doesn't matter. Um, we're not going to dig into this the way we did the, the coaches poll last week when we were hungry for a topic. But I just thought it was interesting comparing the two. Uh, doesn't I, I'm not going to lose any sweat. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. You got teams that have tough schedules. You got teams that have easy schedules. Michigan's going to skyrocket as teams ahead of them pl- are playing tougher teams and losing. That's just what's going to happen. And then Michigan's got to seal the deal um, against Michigan State, Penn State, and all that kind of stuff. John, what are you going to say? I just got to point out one real quick. Texas was ranked 18th in the coaches' poll with one first place vote. <laughs> And then they're I not in that. the top 25 in the AP poll. Oh, I, I miss that. BYU, that's crazy. BYU slid in at 25. <laughs> that's awesome. I wonder who did that vote. Yeah. Lincoln Wright? Or no, no, he's at USC. Who, who went to Texas to be there? Who's their uh, coach? Steve Sarkeesian. Steve Sarkeesian. Sarkeesian. The but then, yeah, yeah. Coach's poll. So, obviously, well, at, to you, Micah. after week one, well, one, Utah stood up to me. I, I don't know a whole lot about Utah. They're well coached. Um, I, I guess that's the confusing one to me. Aside from that, you're going to have one of 
the top five teams drop in ranking after the first week. Yeah, because you got because you, you got, got Ohio State, State and Notre Dame. And Notre Dame going against each other, so that'll be. I mean, that's a great way to start off the season. Man. That I, is, yeah. How how far are we till till college? When's week zero? Is week zero like tomorrow yet? I just want, I just want football. Quite well, legitimate football. It's got to be coming soon, right? Yeah. Is it what two weeks from tomorrow or two weeks from Thursday? Is that what it is? College. Yeah. I think so. I think week zero is right. So, do you think the coaches and all the writers do you, do you, do you think they kind of look at Cincinnati like, ah, you lost a whole lot and there's no way you're going to replace any of those guys and this is where you're starting. Cincinnati. I mean, I mean, they are way down there. They are, yeah, they are. Um, think it's legit? I just don't think it really matters. No, I, I know it doesn't matter, but yeah. that's the point of the conversation. I, th- I think it's fair to put them down there. Was I, it, I really do. Was it uh, Central or South Florida that went undefeated two years ago? Central. UCF. And, UCF. Yeah, they, yeah. they kind of did the same thing, too, following that season. They dropped them way low on the preseason ranks, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know, just probably what happens That's with the territory or a small program that made a playoff push um, and got absolutely embarrassed on national television. <laughs> right. Who plays uh, week week zero? I know Nebraska plays, don't they? What, Sorry. on like a Wednesday maybe? I hope so. Well, no, I thought it was like they played a week <laughs> prior than everybody. Sorry, I'm going to look it up because I'm just – my brain's on it right now. Football schedule. Nebraska football, I think they play week one. Saturday, August 27th, so a week before everybody else. Week zero. Wow, okay. Against Northwestern. Really? So Scott Frost will be fired before we even play again. Pat Fitzgerald's <laughs> going for the jugular. <laughs> fun, 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 fun. From the Red Wings to Michigan State, we're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. So this is where we usually do our betting hero segment. I do have something planned. Do you think think we should do it, or do you do think it. we should just move on? Do it. Just, all right, we're gonna do it. So what? what we're not gonna have picks. We're not gonna have anything like that. That's coming. Can't wait. Can't wait for picks. <laughs> picks are fun. Um, but I just had had some uh, NFC North stuff that I thought was worth uh, digging into. That I thought was that I thought was pretty interesting. You got uh, the Green Bay Packers leading the way um, with a seventy point six percent chance. This is based on a lot of like simulations that they did and then basically where where everybody landed and stuff. Sure. Um Green Bay obviously the, the 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 stud in the the division. They're they're favored to win it all as soon as Aaron Rodgers breaks his leg, everything will be fine and <laughs> they'll lose a lot of games and probably get Bryce Young the, and then everyone the will just get right. their next Hall of Fame quarterback or something like that. Who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> but no, but you got uh them with a 70.6% chance to win win the division. Uh, BetMGM odds has them uh, to win the division at minus 155, which means you have to spend $155 to win 100. Uh, Mox odds to make the playoffs 90.1, obviously very high, and odds to make the playoffs minus 450. I think it's the easiest bet in the book at this point, um, but it's just not worth the money to spend on. You're no. not getting good payout. It's just kind of like the it, <laughs> just hope that you don't lose at that point. And, and make a little bit of money. Uh, second in the division, you got the Minnesota Vikings. Um, their odds to win the NFC North are at 25.8%. Uh, BetMGM's odds has them at plus 250 to win it. And then Mox odds to make the playoffs, nine or 63.9% chance. I thought that was a little higher than, than I was expecting. I didn't expect them to be like a, a playoff team, 
but I'm, I'm, I think I'm underestimating what the Vikings could be. And I think it's the coaching change that's throwing me off. I, I believe the coaching change is going to be very beneficial, but still when you bring in somebody new, you never know what, what's going to change there. Um, and then did I already say odds to make the playoffs at minus 115? If I didn't, it is now. There you go. Um, next in line, you got our Detroit Lions. Um, the odds to win the NFC North are 2.6%. Huge drop-off from the 25.8. Um, odds to win the NFC North plus 850. So, $100 bet will win you $180. $850. Do we got 100 bucks to spare? <laughs> no? Okay. Oh, Never mind. Good talk. Uh, <laughs> odds to make the playoffs, 63.9%. That's a little higher than I thought. It seems like it would be below 50, right? I think you just repeated the Vikings odds oh, to sorry, make the playoffs. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, 13% <laughs> chance sorry, to make sorry. the playoffs. Very, very low. That would be higher than that. Back, no. to, <laughs> back to earth. <laughs> uh, but then odds to make the playoffs at plus 350. Um, so uh, $100 bet will win you 350 bucks. I think that's a pretty solid bet. I wish the payout was a little better, personally. If the payout was a little better, I'd probably do it. For the playoffs want, or for to for win the, the NFC North? For the playoffs. Just if you don't believe that, just listen, re-listen to the podcast, and I'll explain to you why the Lions will make the playoffs. Uh, last, you got Chicago Bears. Um, their odds to win the NFC North are at one percent. Odds, at, so that's plus eleven hundred to win the North. Um, so one hundred dollars will win you eleven hundred. Odds to make the playoffs five point eight percent chance at plus four fifty. I don't know. Just thought it was interesting. I don't care if you guys did or not. Drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports. That was probably a waste of time, but I hope people liked it. Nah. Oh, wait, but bettinghero.com and my bets. That's all you got to know. Not that anybody does it anyways. I think just to recap that segment, don't Henry's put... Henry's getting some FaceTime in the podcast here. Did you see that up there? Don't, the window? don't put any money on the Bears, right? On no. any of these ads. I mean, maybe a hundred, maybe a dollar. A dollar. <laughs> Feel good about yourself. Win, win 110. <laughs> right. Unless you're a delusional Buckeyes fan. Yeah, with uh, Justin Fields. When was the last time an Ohio State quarterback made the playoffs? That would be a fun thing to look up. Ooh, that is a good one. <laughs> that would be really fun. Starting quarterback. Starting quarterback. Yeah, it's got to be a starting quarterback. That sounds fun. We don't have to do it right now. That might take you a while. That's fine. I don't think you have seven. You can't go back that many years probably. But, um, but what we are drinking tonight from Perrin Brewing Co. Dream Seeker. Raspberry Blonde. I've heard of Strawberry Blondes. Never heard of a Raspberry Blonde. Is it like a pink tint instead of a red tint? Um, it's a fruit beer full of intense raspberry aroma and flavor with a dry, crisp finish balanced by sweet, refreshing tartness. It is how many percent by volume? 4.8. 4.8% alcohol by volume. Very tasty. I mean, if if you're in the mood for a, a sweet beer, this is right up your alley. I'll tell you that. It's a little sweet for my liking, but what they're doing... Makes sense. What their go- what their what their goal is with this type of beer, they're hitting it right on the nose. Again, a little sweet for my liking. I'm gonna go with a seven point seven. A little sweet, huh? It is a little sweet. 
I kind of liked it. I think if I had a little more tart bite at the end, excuse me, I would have liked it a little more personally. I I love that it's easy to drink. We 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 have repeated that that sentence. I don't know how many bajillion times in the last like six months, but this is a good beer. Easy to drink. Flavor is great. Um, I'm gonna give it an eight point one. Very good score. John, I, I have a feeling this is not up your alley. It's not at all, especially after uh, sipping on a, I think I had like a Miller Light with dinner before <laughs> Miller's this. Light? Miller's Light, yeah. Frank Kona just got tossed. Yeah, because that, man, that was a bad that was a bad call by the home plate umpire to begin with. Wait, he caught it though, didn't he? He did, but it wasn't a foul tip either. Um, wasn't even close. That was a really nasty slider that was in the dirt. But either way, he was out, right? Yeah. So it was third straight? Yep. Sorry for interrupting you, John. No, it's totally fine. I'm. I, I was actually a little bit distracted in this. Uh, I'll give it a grade real quick. I'm gonna give it a seven one. Like I said, not, not my cup of tea. That, that wasn't even close. No, it, it, and it wasn't even close to hitting the ground. No, it was. I mean, he caught it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's just uh, some players. This is live, live stuff. He's had a rough night because he called Baez out at home plate when it, the catcher was clearly blocking the plate earlier. Yeah. And he had a front row view. Uh, anyway, yeah, seven. What did I say? Seven one. I didn't. Listen. I'll give it a seven one. It's too sweet for me. I agree. Um, if it was like ice, ice cold, and it was the only thing available on like a ninety degree day, yeah, that grade probably goes up a few points. Right. Um, but I, I personally wouldn't go out to drink these. I am a fan of Perrin's like grapefruit IPA. That's a good beer. Um, yeah. I think this one's just might maybe it's just like a little too light, but a little sweet on the front end right. for my liking. Carrie did chime in. She had uh, from Arvon Brewing Company. She was drinking Orange Push, so I think she did correct that. It is their sour with car car oranges, vanilla, and marshmallow. Great as usual with an eight point five. Solid, solid score. What? What? Somebody else just got booted. Uh, oh, this is the guy that struck out. Now he's like making threats to the third base umpire. Oh boy, what do you do? He was about to run out there. Yeah, they had to hold him back. Are they gonna boot this guy now? So he's just. I hope so. This guy, he look at he's oh, throwing geez. up. He's throwing up some signs, yeah. man. That's the gang sign for gun. Looks like he drew the short straw. Isn't that his Sorry, last name? I gotta, I gotta see this. This is awesome. This is crazy. Oh, geez, there, there's like no, no coaches holding him back. Well, they have a guardian there <laughs> holding him back. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. The Guardian, there you go. What, what, have the Guardian and Angels ever? Guardian Angels played against each other. Man, they should just call. It, they should just call this game. Yeah, just call it a day. Yeah. Game over. Um, um, I'm so threatened. Right. So I didn't want to ask you. I sent you guys a text message. You didn't really answer me. So do we want to oh. wrap up the podcast, or do we want to pause it, watch Hard Knocks, and then do a quick five ten minute recap of what we see on Hard Knocks? And if you don't want to stay, that, and if John wants to stay, like yeah, that's up to you guys. I, I'm you're heading, heading out. out. Oh yeah, John, what do you think? I'll do stick you, around. And watch. Do you want to do? Yeah, like I didn't. A ten minute recap. I didn't. It? Yeah, I didn't see episode one, so just keep that in mind. All right, so we're gonna call it call it for now, but please stick with us. We're we're not gonna go live, but we'll record that side of it uh, after the fact. So thank you guys for watching. We are gonna set a timer on ten minutes, though. Yes, on our conversation. Yeah. Yep, we'll do that. But yeah, we'll uh we'll be right back for the podcast listeners, for the viewers. We'll we'll talk to you next week if not sooner. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Twitch. State of my sports. So we are back. 
Just ready to quick talk about. We watched uh, Hard Knocks together. What'd you think? Episode two. Episode two. I missed episode one, so this was kind of um, didn't really know what to expect going into this one. I didn't yeah. have a little precursor like you did. What What do you think about it though? Like, it's pretty did good. You enjoy it? Yeah. Um, it's kind of cool how they zero in, like you said, on a few different athletes, uh, players, coaches, um, maybe guys that you wouldn't expect to. Uh, especially like early on in the the hard knock season. Yeah, yeah. So last last episode we talked a little bit about it during the podcast and it was uh mostly like the coaches and stuff like that. Okay. And they dug into a lot of different players this time. Yeah. And I thought that was that was kind of the key to this one. I I did want to start out just kind of like the way the way that the episode went on. The the first thing that, that stood out to me was the 2 minute drill that they did. Um obviously we don't get the ins and outs of everything and this was more more in practice before the the preseason game but it was just like it looked so easy for the offense. It looked like Goff was like picking apart this defense, and it's like, oh, it's so great to see the offense do well. But then you're like, or is it just really bad defense? And it's like, you kind of fast forward to the game, and it seems like it, it might be a little more the the defensive side is just not great. Yeah. Like, maybe down the depth chart. Yeah, that's that's true. You I know. guess. I mean, I don't know. This just that was the first thing that stood out to me was just how how easy Goff and, and the the offense made it look with that that two minute warning. I think they. They scored without using any of the timeouts. It, it seemed like, at least based on what what they showed um, during that, which is obviously great. But um, another one that they, they got into when they started started like going through the the, the players, um, Malcolm Rodriguez. Malcolm Rodriguez getting a ton of love from the coaches. We've heard a lot about it ever since he was drafted. Was uh, potentially a flyer like type thing, like guy that wouldn't make. The team maybe, but like, man, he seems to be getting a whole lot of love. I mean, uh, the sorry, I don't have the coach the coach's name in front of me. Malcolm, something or no, that's the that's that's who we're talking about. Um, the the coach that that, that I talked about earlier with the dreadlocks that that wouldn't cut it. Sorry, I don't have this here right in front of me. But anyways, the linebacker coach like got real into it and just talking about Cal- oh, Calvin Shepard. Shepard, yeah, yeah. Um, he he went real hard on him, like in the the linebacking room. Talking about how he's doing stuff that that nobody else is doing, and he's talking. He, he had a quote. He said he's not only doing it better than everybody, but he's doing it right compared to everybody else not doing it. Right. I think this is another example of is it good that he's our best linebacker, or is that a sign of of how poor that this this position battle is? Yeah, I think he's kind of fit in the mold of what they're trying to do what they're trying to turn this organization into this football team that's been the laughing stock of the nfl the nfc north the nfl for a long time um and he sounds like they're giving him a, a fair and fighting chance at being maybe a first team yeah. linebacker <laughs> um you know, starting roster spot. Yeah, which it, it was kind of funny to hear it in the in the meeting room. He was like, "Don't don't make me start this guy. Yeah, don't make him my number one linebacker. Yeah, don't and give me like, a reason." You know? Yeah, that's. I mean, what he said too, like, um, there's coaches in the building that have been there for over five years that are seeing him do stuff that they haven't seen in five years. Yeah, um, that speaks uh, volumes as to maybe what we got in that sixth round pick. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and it's like, again, it's it's just playing with that. How how good is that? Like, is that a good problem to have that our six round draft was six round? I think so. Six round draft pick is yeah. our best linebacker, or yeah. is it just a sign of how awful it really is? Uh, 
ch- challenging uh, or getting into a little bit more of the running back room here. I, I, I talked about Deuce Staley earlier in um, the back and forth that he had with Aaron Glenn in the first episode. I think he kind of got a glimpse of, of what I was talking about there. Yeah. Like, he just continues to run his mouth. There was a time where I, he was in a couple meetings. He was in a coach's meeting, looked like, with, with some the quarterbacks and stuff, and he seems very different. And I, I was like, oh, man, I, I got this guy all wrong from episode one with the interaction with Aaron Glenn. Um, but then I started, like, and I was like, all right, maybe maybe I'm misunderstanding this guy. And then they went back to what he was on the sideline. On the field, and, yeah. And on the field, and it's just like, man, I just – I don't see that working. And you made a comment during the um, – when we were watching it about, like, getting into – uh, Swift's head a little too much. What do you think about that? Yeah, maybe getting underneath the helmet more than uh, you know in his in his mind. You know, he's uh, seems to be putting a lot of pressure on the guy. I know he's was a third year back, right in the NFL. Yeah, yep. He's got a, he's got a pretty high ceiling. We've seen glimpses of um, you know his potential and uh, his uh, ability to take over a game and maybe be a top five uh, running back in the NFL. Um, but man, he just didn't let him go after that one play in the preseason game about bouncing the ball outside instead of cutting up the middle for a touchdown. Which, okay, maybe, but would it have been a forty, fifty yard run. Right. Is yeah, he is like, he untouched in that run? I don't think so. But he made it seem like he ran for a negative ten yard loss and maybe threw the ball on the ground as he's doing it. And it's like, no, yeah. he's still got a four yard gain. And I'm sorry, but Detroit Lions fans will take a running back. They get a positive run anytime they can. You know, oh, yeah. like, we just need to get that ball moving down the field. Exactly, and, that, and that's what, exactly what I was thinking. Like the meeting was like, oh man, he's actually got his head on on right. And then they they went into the game, and I was just like, oh gosh, he he's, a, he seems like an overthinker. He seems yeah. to be like a a know it all type of coach. That's that I feel like like I've had those where you just roll your eyes and. It's okay to challenge Swift to become better, but it seems like he's going way overboard. Yeah, I mean, luckily he he has um, a resume to go with it. I would I would feel a little bit different if he was a guy that you know couldn't hack it in the NFL and he just happened to land a coaching job. But he had a solid career. I know he yeah. played for the the New Orleans Saints for a long time. Always liked seeing him play. Um, I don't know that that necessarily transitions to beating the crap out of a guy. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I'm shocked. I, I knew he was on the staff. I didn't realize he was an assistant head coach. Yeah, that, that, um, that's an interesting one right there. So I wonder if that kind of comes with the title. Yeah. But I'll tell you right now, I hope that like we don't get to hear too much of that during the regular season. Right. And, uh, you know, Dan Campbell is the main voice. Um, again, I hope it's just like a preseason thing. Yeah. It, and w- one thing I, see, I think we're realizing is Dan Campbell is, is full of quotes, right? We've talked about that. But it doesn't seem to be – in game, it doesn't seem to be like he doesn't seem to be one of those coaches that's just continuing to go and go like where I think Deuce Staley might be that side of of what Dan Campbell isn't. It might be a a Jekyll and Hyde type situation there. Um, but uh, another one, another player that was featured was Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, naming all the wide receivers that were drafted in front of him, I'm sure all of these guys do this type of thing. But man, it was cool to see like just naming them off where they went to school and just how slight he feels by it his relationship with his dad they talked a little bit about that what do you think of Amon Ron St. Brown in, in this type of atmosphere learn a little more about him yeah I mean naming off the wide receivers that were drafted before him and in, in last year well two years two year, ago yeah two years draft um I think that's huge because what he was like a 
top 10 prospect coming out of co- or high school, I believe. Yeah, I mean, he, he, was, he was number one underrated. wide receiver, I think, in high school out of the state of California. Went to USC. Um, I don't know. I don't think he got a fair fighting chance there either, whether it was quarterback issues or coaching issues. Yeah. Um, came to Detroit, chip on the shoulder. I will say this. Dude's jacked. Oh, yeah. Dude's Dude, jacked, and he's got insane. he's got some great hands uh, catching the ball. They showed that drill too, the the two hundred and two barrel catches that yeah. he, he goes through on a on a daily routine. Um, his dad, like an ex bodybuilder, which I think is great because if you look at DeAndre Swift and DeAndre Swift's dad, um, we got some strong dudes in there yep. on the offensive side of the ball. Um, it's good pedigree to have. I, I'm I'm excited for year two. I want yep. to see what he can do this year. Yeah, uh, another one quick thing that I wanted to touch on was was David Blau. He was fe- featured pretty heavily in this this past episode. Um, obviously, we all know the backup quarterback position is is a a battle. Um, whoever is worse is going to lose that battle. Is the way I look at it. Not whoever's going to win the battle. Um, but obviously, watching him um, and the coaches and some of the players like watching his his wife run in the Olympics was was freaking awesome. But then the way that it kind of ended with with him losing the game with the fumble and stuff um made me feel sorry for him makes me be like all right i want him to win the job at least right here right now um just for the sake of like feel bad um but it was just kind of a cool story to, to kind of see that that inside of, of of a of a player you know and the, and the relationship he has yeah i mean it's uh you know you're you're fighting for a backup quarterback job which arguably is one of the cushiest jobs in probably all the pro sports oh, yeah. you get to hold a clipboard wear a headset and every now and then you might have to go in the game in a blowout or you know uh worst case scenario i'm not going to even say it if there's something that happens to the quarterback during the game where he can't finish the game yeah um he's competitive um he's got you know, like you said his relationship with his wife who is a you know a world track star. level yeah. track star yeah um I don't think he wants to maybe take a, a back seat to her career. Yeah. Um, and, you know, props to her um, running the hurdles. It's, that's not an easy thing to do, running around the track and jump over them things. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm kind of pulling for him, too. I don't know. Tim Boyle, I don't know, man. It, like you said, it's like the worst of two evils yeah. and a uh, double-edged sword. Um, I wish we had something a little more hopeful to look for in a backup quarterback. I think back to some of the backups we've had. In yeah, previous years, and it's like, man, why can't this guy still be there? You know, yeah. like a, J- a Jake Rudock, or then we draft some guy out of Hawaii too once, and yeah, like, uh, he had he had Miami a, too. Yeah, he yeah. had like a cannon. Yeah, maybe it was Miami. Yeah, but I think he was out of Hawaii, but yeah, he, yeah. Was, he went to Miami. And you know, uh, started with like a K, I believe, like Cali Califla or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but anyway, it's just like, man, this is what really what we got are these two guys, and uh, yeah, I, I feel for him, man. It's it's probably not fun to go to bed knowing that hard knocks was kind of ended on your term um, at the end of that game and the end of the episode. Yeah. To to wrap it up, Aaron Glenn was, was, uh, I guess featured a little bit and that was kind of an interesting scenario there where he has to kind of be introduced to the team, which I thought was kind of crazy because like coming from more of a hockey guy, you played basketball. It's like, you know, all your coaches, you know, all your teammates. And then you just like to get a glimpse into a football locker room, it's completely different. Like, some of these guys don't know each other. They don't know the position coaches. They don't know, like, the offensive players really don't know the defensive coaches. It's oh, yeah. crazy to see. Yeah, they kind of keep them on separate ends of the field during the day. Yeah. Um, 
And then, too, you got to think how many of those guys are going to get cut, how many of those guys are going to make a practice squad, and how many guys are there just to get, like, the lunch and the water right. and, like, everything that comes with it, a good yeah. workout. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of ironic that your defensive coordinator has to give a, a name to a – or a face to a name yeah. that some of these guys probably didn't, couldn't have matched up on their but own. But when he kind of wrapped up that, that meeting that they had there where he was just – he called out a couple guys. I think there was a guy from Ohio State. There was a guy from – I missed what school it was. It was probably like Alabama or something like that. Um, just saying, hey, how many losses did you have your last season? One. How many losses did you have your last – it's like we're going to get back. He, he said time to get back to tell – time to get back to that – Oh, my gosh. Time to get that feeling back of we're showing up, we're winning. Look, we're not going to do that year one or year two in the Lions situation. But it's cool that that's kind of their mentality. It's like you guys are all from schools that went on a field and basically expected to win, expected to be the best. Knew you were going to win. We need to get back to that to get back to who you are as, as a football player. And maybe that doesn't always just translate to game day, but practice day. Yeah. Let's go win practices. Let's go win. Let's go, you know, line up who you're playing against, facing, you know, on the other side of the line and win that battle. Um, And that'll translate to the game, the real-life situations that hopefully us as Lions fans can see our team, you know, competing in. For sure. Well, until next week, that was was episode – that was the end of episode. Uh, what, what episode are we? One sixty nine. One sixty nine feels feels later than that at this point. But um, thanks for sticking around watching this. Absolutely. We're talking a little bit about it, a little quick recap. Do recap. it. Do it again next week. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Episode one seventy, if not sooner. You've been listening to State of My Sports. From the Red Wings to the Lions, to the Tigers to the Pistons, to Michigan and Michigan State, and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.